garage with phonetic and brains. Yes. Uh, welcome to In the Garage. I am Brains, live from the Brains Cave. <laughs> I am Batman, streaming live from Wayne Enterprises in Gotham City. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Mate, I'm, I'm, disappointed. I'm disappointed you haven't joined me on the costume front. I, I felt one of us at least had to get into the festivities of Halloween, right? I it I is Halloween you, today. I've so. come as a balding, fat, middle-aged man and I nailed it. <laughs> I'll have you know. Oh my God, Rob, you've gone all out, mate. That's amazing. Um, for those not watching the video, please go and watch the video because I think Rob's in his, is that your pajamas or did you actually hire that? <laughs> this is this is an all-out Batman costume. <laughs> that he's, he's gone all in, mate. Oh my god, that is phenomenal. You know me, mate. You know me. I don't, I don't do things by halves. <laughs> right, well, I'm, we're still going to call you Rob throughout this thing. I'm not calling you Bruce or Batman or oh, mate. Dark Knight, mate. I did toy with the idea of just trying to convince you that you know this is my actual true identity and. <laughs> that I've been keeping it hidden all these years. Um, that would have been controversial for the podcast, wouldn't it? Uh, I, 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 we, I always saw you more of a Dexter than a Batman. You're more like a kind of chop people up and secretly dump them in the water than, than go out with your bat, batarangs and your, and your Batmobiles. Do you know what? In an ideal world, maybe, maybe I'd be somewhere between the two. Like, I, I feel like there's a gap there, isn't there, for a, a superhero that's kind of between... Well, do, uh, see, see, I consider Dexter a superhero anyway, to be honest. Is this your um, way of telling that... me you're rich? <laughs> mate i wish i had billions i wish i had billions <laughs> so been a bit of a mental mental month all round i suppose i've, yeah. I've had an action-packed one personally been doing all sorts How you've, about you? you've had your dog your dog eating your house as well by the oh, look of your don't. twitter stream <laughs> why did you have to bring that up my god honestly i could have i wouldn't i would never because uh, i love her to death but i had the right hunt with her yesterday i was i i I shunned her yesterday because she completely chewed up one of my headphones. Um, it's gone back off to Samsung today. Fingers crossed. Um, but I, positive stuff. I got to go on holiday this month. I did, did me first uh, abroad. Went to Lan Lanza Grotti. Got a tan that's already gone. You can see. I'm I was loving. I was loving the picture. The, 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 the one picture that I did see of you on the the scooter. Oh mate, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. I saw. It, so if, if, if anyone's following us on, on the socials, they'll have seen the, um, the cartoon of us. The moment I saw you on the scooter, I was like, we need some form of brains in cartoon format in, in shorts and a shirt, like on his holiday. <laughs> if I could have done you on a scooter, then I absolutely would have done that. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. I think it was Merlin or someone like that that, was, that said I look like a drug dealer. <laughs> that, was, that was a top <laughs> shot. I can't, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Merlin. Um, big up everyone that saw me dicking about on a scooter it was ridiculous you pay like seven euros for each for a scooter me and the missus and the cab ride would have cost five euros so overly expensive waste of time but a lot of fun a lot of fun <laughs> oh mate went on a holiday got to be done on it yeah. if I, I haven't been to Lanzarote in a while but i did go there a while back and it was more expensive in general than i had anticipated this is obviously pre-lockdown everything this is going back a few years now but uh, I mean, we, we, Maybe went all, we went all inclusive, mate. Like, we did go out, but um, most of us, you just, just have to booze in the hotel and it makes it cheaper, makes it cheaper all around. It's the way to go, for sure. Definitely. How about you? What have you been up to since the last show? Anything interesting? Um, yeah, busy, busy. Uh, churning out loads of tunes. It's been a month of learning as well, man. I had a, had a first. Like, obviously, every producer that you speak to will have some kind of horror stories of things that have happened to them over the years. and. Um, I got a couple of good examples. I had 
tracks that were like this is legit i had tracks that were downloaded from my website back in the day and then put onto compilations uh without me even being consulted or signed anything without me ever receiving a penny i've done remixes for major labels i did a remix uh on a top 20 release that came out and was credited to me in fairness it was the phonetics remix but then like when you actually click the way the metadata had been entered onto the system uh the the tune actually linked through to somebody else's profile so some other cunt got all of the the streams from the remix i've done now, i've had stuff like that happen before and that kind of is part of the past so you kind of expect a bit of that um with all the sharks in the music industry but this month i did a remix um and I just outright wasn't credited at all, at all, just nowhere, no, no mention. I'm not gonna, obviously, I'm not going to um, name names or call anyone out because it would be a bit unprofessional with me. But, you know, suffice to say, I wasn't too impressed with it when it, it comes out. And it's just like, you know, like, even, if it, even if the metadata wasn't entered and it didn't click through to me when you, you know, when you clicked on me or whatever on, on socials or whatever, I would be fine with that if it said phonetics remix in there, but just nothing at all. I was like, oh, the fuck, man. I mean, f- things do yeah. get fucked up. Uh, I will say that much. I'm, there's one tune that's in the list um, later that we've got that I know when I looked at it on Juno, it didn't properly credit the remixer. And I, and I, and I think it's because like, you see it every now and again, they fuck up the way that they've entered it. But you may have just straight up got shafted. And if you're being a nice guy for not calling them out, um, I hope you didn't get shafted. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I went back to them and was just like, on the day, obviously I saw it and I was just like, you know, is there any chance you can have me in fucking credits in somewhere? Like if it's not going to go down as, as, you know, my name on the remix at the end, at least have it so that I'm tagged so that people can click on it or go through to me. Um, and they, I, I don't know, I got this really strange email back saying, oh yeah, now we fixed it. We use XYZ distributor. They're a bit long on fixing things and then a week later i got another email that was just like right it's all sorted now and what they've done you know when you go on a spotify if you right click on a track and go show credits it will show you like who the writer and the producer and that kind of thing is so they've obviously amended the metadata so that if now if you go onto that track and right click on it go show credits it says you know producer and i'm credited as a producer but what sad bastard does that other than us? Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you, I, I don't. In 2021, I think it's fair to expect that if you do a remix with someone, it's either going to go out as the, whatever the track title is and then your name remix in brackets afterwards. Or if that ain't going to happen, you need to be credited properly in the metadata so that your name is listed as one of the, do you know what I mean? As one of the artists. So you're at least noted somewhere where people don't have to manually click and go, I wonder who produced this? Because that's a small niche of people that actually bother to do that, isn't it? Hey, music is shark infested waters, mate. Um, indeed, indeed. Good, good, good luck with navigating learning, them. mate. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know they're fucking with Batman. That's the thing, <laughs> do you know what I mean? If they knew, if only they knew. <laughs> right. Well, well, Mr. Batman, shall we get into our top three showdown and start talking about the Brand Spankers new music? Absolutely. Well, you say, you say Brand Spankers, but my first pick is... I don't know, it's probably like a month and a half old. I feel like a bit of a cunt for not having mentioned it last month. But see, I, I saw you play this because you, you played this on your show a while back. Mm-hmm. And actually, like me and you talked last month about distribution models, right? And, the, and the, the downsides to whether certain tunes go onto certain platforms. Well, this tune isn't on Beatport. So I think it's one of those ones where I would have picked it up had I come across it on Beatport. But it was only in the following weeks, like after we'd done the last episode of the podcast, that I was on Juno and I spotted it. And I went, oh shit, like that's obviously one of those sort of an anomalies where it's gone on to some and not on the others. So apologize for not having flagged this sooner, but you know, the second I did come across it uh, and pin down, you know, that it's available, I was like, right, that's getting discussed on the show because I love the vibe. I'm going to shut up because I'm fucking ranting again <laughs> like I always do. We'll talk about it afterwards. This is uh, a track called Cart. 
uh, and it's by an artist called Claybrook. on Juno um, he actually put it out as a free download simultaneously as well so like literally oh, yeah yeah so I see it on SoundCloud and downloaded it as a freebie uh, and then I could see it was on all of the all of the usual channels as well uh, big, big up Kidbrook for that one is it uh, why do you do it as a free download then because obviously it's called Cartwright and the artwork oh. if you haven't seen the artwork for that track go check it out because it's fantastic it's obviously a, it's a, a tune version of Claybrook himself on one of the carts from Mario Kart right and listening to it, one of the things that I like about it is those quirky little Nintendo-esque samples or sounds, which I'm now wondering, now that you've said it was a free download, are they perhaps samples? And that's why he's yeah, put it but up he, free download. He's put it out for pay. Some people just do that. Some people have like saucy records for, for a period of time. We're putting out everything as you can buy it or you can get it for free if you want. It's your choice whether how you want to support us. Is it a follow? Because, you know, they say free download, but you're using hypes here and all that. And you're still paying with your data, right? You're following seven different people normally when you download a track and then repost on Instagram and all sorts of crap they got on it now. Um, so, yeah, so Claybrook went for that model and massive, maximum respect for him because, like I say, I, I see it on SoundCloud and, and snatched it straight away. Well, kudos to you for, for spotting it because I definitely missed that on SoundCloud. But nonetheless, like, I'm, you know happy to support where possible but no no just a lovely little lovely little vibe on it and it's, it's different to like some of the other stuff that claybrook's done right it's a real sort of standout in terms of the the styling of it it's, it's quite different obviously it was going to appeal to me and i'm always kind of raving about the lost years right and the first thing i thought when i heard it was that if that had come out in 2005 it would have been right at home do you know what i mean like you could it almost sounds like like you sat artifact down and went right make a kind of Mario Brothers themed for Fortune, right? That's that's kind of how I think of it. And it's just got that real kind of feel-good, bumpy vibe to it and those cheeky little key licks that make you want to smile and just, yeah, just just really, really nice. I'd be interested to hear from Claybrook if he listens back to this. Um, purely from being the nerd that I am and being the, the studio boffin uh, that, that I like to be, I'd be interested to know what, um, what plugins he used in terms of compressors on the drums and stuff. So... Um, do give me a shout about the construction of it, just because I, I like it. Just it's punchy, it's punchy and and snappy, and it's just slickly executed. So um, yeah, I can tell you're laughing at me. I don't know whether you're laughing at me because I'm rambling, or if you're laughing at me because you've got Good. Batman no, sat in front of no, you talking no, about no, it. No, no, it, it was the. I'd like to know what plugins he's used. It's like yeah, mate, you are a top music nerd, and I, I can't help it. I'm a fucking nerd, mate. Do you know we, when it, when it was playing, I wanted to bop a little bit more. I wanted to get more enthusiastically into it, but I can see my visual on screen next to yours, and 
I feel like it's not befitting of Batman sat in front of Gotham City to be properly bouncing. So my my, my reactions and dancing this month, I, th- I feel, are going to be somewhat reserved compared to normal. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think you're good, mate. Dan- dance away. No, no one's going to judge, trust me. Um, is it, yeah, I love it. I mean, uh, it was a high caliber tune and um, I'm happy I didn't have to pay for it. Uh, I, I should have paid for it because he deserves money for it. Clay, but great, great, great work. Top pick. Um, thanks for, for calling that one out. Um, Let's 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 move on. I you know we, we've talked about Opera Dan loads, but I, this tune I, I had to bring it in for for this episode just because I absolutely loved it. Um, and luckily she's got a radio edit as well, so we haven't got to listen to it go too long. Um, but yeah, this this uh she is remixing an artist uh, called Charlotte Devaney on this, and it's featuring a vocalist called Aliki, and this is Body Talk, the Opera Dan. Remix. You got me feeling. I do how to breathe it, breathe it. Yeah, I got it deep in. Let's get our bodies drunk. Call me. I can feel your heartbeat. It says you love me, but you just show me. Absolutely stunning. I love it. Love it to show. It's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful track. Like just, I mean, where do you start? Like it's the, I think it's mainly the drop. Like the way that the, the bass line comes in on its own, and it's just, it's a lovely bass. And then the smooth two-step kicks in. You know, you got the sounds in the background that are just nice. The vocals, like, you know, it's, it's not offensive. It's, it's not like, like an amazing piece of singing, but it's, it works for the track brilliantly. Um, I just, yeah. It's Opera Dan does it again, like just phenomenal talent. Yeah, agree, agree with all that. It's super slick, um, really, just so soulful. Soulful is the word I think I picked for that one, and just just a real nice kind of laid back vibe. It, it, I, I like the way it kind of builds and then it drops, and actually it's kind of a, it's almost a red herring because I first time I listened to it, I didn't expect it to drop into what it did but i was so pleasantly surprised that it did um yeah it went straight on my jazz step playlist i know there's no horns in it there's nothing kind of overtly jazzy about it but it's just kind of got that kind of laid-back soulful vibe that's just a perfect fit for the kind of thing i listen to and you know when i when i play i I'll always mix that kind of thing i was a bit confused i mean you obviously you mentioned you, you quite rightly pinpointed there's a radio edit right at the start there it's because there's actually three versions of this there's a radio edit 
there's the remix and then there's an extended remix. Did you pick up on that? So I the did. extended, as far as I can see, the extended remix is the remix, but with a sort of more strung out intro, right? Yeah. So you've, you've, you've got sort of an array of options there, depending on how asked you can be to wait for the drop to come, um, <laughs> which, I, which is, was just an interesting just an observation. No, no criticism there. It is what it is. Um, but no, it's just solid work all round. Like no, the, the extended um, mix is there for DJs, right? That's the, that's the mix time at the start, all the, all the beats going off. That's what they yeah, put it there for. Yeah, for sure. But, 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 the, but the, uh, the one they've called the original, which is actually the, re- the remix. So you've got the, the Up or Down remix original and then the Up or Down remix extended, right? Yeah, the Up or Down Remix original is still. I mean, it's four minutes. Was it? I'm just looking at it now. Actually, it's four yeah, minutes it's seven. Even, so it's, yeah, and, it's longer. And it, yeah. is, and it is plenty. It is plenty mixable. I mean, it's just obviously an artistic. Maybe she had two versions and she couldn't decide which one she preferred. So <sighs> went fuck it. I'll go with both of them. Why not? Can't hurt. Can it? And it, it, you know, if you I'd can always go for the longest one. For three versions of the track. <laughs> that's just my. That's see, just my. That's that's just my preference. I like them long. See, I, w- um, I yeah. went for. I went for them. I went for the middle. Middle one. I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can be asked to listen to all that waffle. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes twenty-two ain't quite long enough. I'll go for the middle, middle ground. I mean, Charlotte Devaney is an interesting character. She's not, she's not been on my radar before. Um, I think she's done stuff with Neat, but she's like, I, I think I just call her like an electronic artist is the only way I could kind of describe her. Yeah. See, I knew the name Charlotte Devaney before. I, I, please do correct me if I'm wrong, but was she a model before she was producing? Because I, I, I remember Probably. being familiar with the name and then hearing some tracks by her and being like, oh, yeah. I'm sure I'd seen or heard her or somewhere else before she was producing. And one of the first things I heard from her was... I mean, we're probably going back seven or eight years now, but it was, a, it was like a collaboration with Snoop Dogg. And I don't know whether it was like one of those scenarios where I don't know if she got Snoop Dogg in the studio or if she'd sample Snoop Dogg or if it was like one of those things where it's like a, a transatlantic collaboration where he picks up a beat and just sort of send, sends back some bars. That was the first thing I heard of her. And then, as you say, she's just kind of dotted about doing lots of EDM kind of things. But every now and then I've noticed she kind of, she teams up with, with the garage artist because she did a, a track with Shosh recently as well, right? Um, was it, uh, that was must, it be, that must she... be the is that the neat one as well? It was neat on that as, at the same time. Did it have neat on it? I don't know if it had. It might have had. It possibly did. It possibly did. Uh, you know, I know she, there was she's, one. She's flitting around definitely, but it's like when I looked at her back catalogue, you couldn't really put all of her tunes into one kind of um, bucket. Like the, the Snoop Dogg one was called Flip It, and um, that's right. I was, that's right. I was reading up on her because I hadn't. Said, and she self released, and then it got picked up by a major, and they re released it as an edit. Uh, and but. Apparently before that, she was an actress and she was in How to Lose Friends and Alienate People as a transgendered person, which is interesting. Oh, there you go. Um, well, fair play to her for, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I like it. I like, you, just, you just kind of rightly said that you couldn't kind of pinpoint her and put her into a bracket. I like that. Like if, you could, if you can do that as an artist, and you could, it's difficult to do, especially in 2021. I feel like it's not like it used to be. If she's doing that and, and getting by doing it, good luck to her. Well, I, mean? I hope it's, so. Um, like because some of her tunes had like hundreds of thousands of views on, but then the original of this tune had like less than a thousand views on it. Opera Dan's mix even less, even though it is beautiful. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I do. I do think, up. and I'm I'm not accusing I'm not accusing those guys. I'm not accusing anyone in particular of buying plays, but there still is a lot of play buying that goes on, right? Even with some labels, some labels will sign a track and they will buy plays on it because it makes them more appealing a label to work with for the artists and they want the best. So every kind of corner you turn, there's, there's that, it's, you know, it goes back to what you were saying about the music industry being full of sharks, mm-hmm. full of sharks and shady practices. Um, and it may, maybe it's the thing, maybe she signed one or two tracks to a label that did that. Maybe, maybe it just happens to be that those tracks 
resonated with a fan base somewhere else. I, I don't know. Hard to say. No, she, say, I think she's got, she went platinum, I think, is what she was saying in her Instagram. Okay, really? Good luck to her. Shall we, uh, shall we look at your next one? Um, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing that thing we did last month where we're fucking just rambling on, aren't we? Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to reference my show notes because I forgot what my second pick even was. Uh, it's um, from an album that you also feature on. It is indeed, yes. Uh, I actually, I, I could have picked any, any one of, any, you know, any, any of a number of tracks off of the album because it's, I mean, we'll talk about it more at length afterwards, the album as a whole. Uh, but this was a real standout for me just because it's, it's just really emotive and kind of nicely put together. And, and I feel like the vocal is befitting of the back in. They, they did the two complement each other, just very cleverly done. Uh, it's MC Cobra uh, with Ollie Weeks on the production uh, with a track called Buried Vibes. It's taken from Cobra's Planet of the Tapes album, which is available from his band camp now. Oh, bit of a mouthful. <laughs> Must have been that must have been whack. Couldn't find a vibe or didn't finish a track. Good or bad, these tunes they would lack. The backing from a label, cause they were never heard. They got swept under the table. While everything else remained stable, pet projects had to disable. Too much hat conjured, never imagined, I never wondered. What I thought was heavy just blundered, but I'm still grafting unfunded. Oh. I'll skinny produce artists, and most will say they relate to this. Beats hiding upon your playlist, buried vibes, I won't delete this. Buried vibes, collecting dust on the hard drives, forgotten sounds with short lives, left deep under the high tides. And then buried vibes, and then buried vibes, collecting dust on the hard drives, forgotten sounds with short lives, left deep under the high tides. And then He's doing bits, Ollie Weeks, isn't he? He's doing bits. He's getting around a bit, isn't he? He's, he's been getting around for a while. Actually, it's, it's an interesting one in terms of Ollie Weeks, right? Because like I've I've kind of come to the point now with Ollie Weeks where he's done quite a bit of that kind of um, retro four four garage house stuff, right? So if I hear Ollie Weeks now, I, I, I'm not accusing him of being a one trick pony, but I kind of assume that's what I'm going to hear. So when I heard this, it completely threw me and like it really pleasantly surprised me in a nice way because it wasn't what I was expecting, but actually. Um, it's really nicely done. Um, in terms of the album as a whole, like I can't sing its praises high enough. And obviously, I've I've worked with Cobra a bit over the years. He is a mate, um, and he said to me some time back um, about you know he had a sort of concept in mind for an album, and um, and would I be interested in producing a few tracks for it? And I was like, yeah, of course. What are you thinking? And he said to me, oh, like I basically want to do like an, an underground two step album. And I kind of frowned at him, and I was just like. Really, like in in twenty in twenty twenty, and I couldn't I couldn't um, I couldn't see his vision. Like I, I didn't know how that was going to work. Uh, and I must admit that he made me eat my words because he like obviously he said to me like in terms of production, send me a few bits that are kind of styled like this, which I did. And he said, uh, you know, he said I've been speaking with Ollie Weeks and, and BWK and a couple of other producers. And he went away uh, and he came back to me with this album. I listened to it. and I was like, fucking hell, mate, you got something really special there because like as a whole, as a body of work from start to finish, it's very listenable. Like it's it it really is kind of reminiscent of of, a, of days gone by of like a forgotten era of garage. Do you know what I mean? Like I could, you could almost line it up. I think if I was going to make a direct comparison, and actually it's a weird comparison to make because it's not like a, a garage album specifically. But do you remember Dynamite MC put out that album 
Um, I was just trying to think what year it would have been, 2003, 2004. And it had some production by Wookiee. It had some TNT productions. And I think Rush the DJ was on there. Do you know what I mean? But it was like a blend of of garage and and, and drum and bass. Um, but, it, but that album really had the air of I'm Dynamite MC, I know what beats I want and I'm going to say what I want on them and I'm going to make an album of it. And I think that, that was what was so endearing about that album, that it was, it was distinctly him. And Cobra has somehow managed that with this album because he's gone, right, I want to do an album that's sort of, you know, it's a, it's a retro two-step album and he's done it and it's blinding. And, and you know, um, some genius has done a great job mixing it down and mastering it as well, which, is, which has obviously <laughs> helped. Um, it's yeah, it's just an all round, all round. I mean, th- th- this track in particular, Buried Vibes, is a standout for me. But I could have picked. Um, obviously, I, I, I produced a few tracks on there. Um, there was there was a few that BWK produced. I, I nearly picked a couple of those. You know, I was I'm in an hour in between on air. Um, Planet of the Tapes itself and this one. This one happened to be the one that grabbed me the most just because it kind of had that kind of real nostalgic, sentimental feel to it. And I feel Ollie and and and, and Cope did a good job of kind of capturing what he was trying to get across in the project. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm rambling again. No, no, Over no, you're not, you're not, it's cool. It's like, you know, emotive, he was part of it and it's, it's a great album. Um, you know, I've played a few tracks off of there. This, this one, the sampling on it uh, makes me think of Duncan Power a little bit in some of his yeah. later stuff when he was doing the push EP bit, the way the strings are sampled. It's got that, I can see got that kind that. of vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's still definitely. distinctly Ollie for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the whole album, I, I, I can't say much more than you have already. It's, it's a great body of work. <laughs> Um, and big up Cobra for putting that together. I'm, I'm glad it's, it sounds like it was a proper passion project for him. Um, yeah, and you know, I you think can so. Tell it's, it's kind of come out the other end with, with that. It comes, end. comes. You, you can always tell, can't you? I, I always say that to the wife whenever we're talking about music. Like I can listen, even even as far as uh, you know, if you go beyond artists and you're looking at producers and remixes and stuff, you can listen to it, can't you? And you can tell whether something's been forced. And that's why, like, whenever I'm taking on remix work these days, and and I like obviously like the Strictly Flavor and and um, Andy over at Downplay will tell you, like, if they come to me and they're like, do you want to remix this? I, I always will say, I have to hear the track and I have to know whether I'm feeling it because if I try and remix something that I'm not feeling, you can hear it from a mile off. It sounds forced. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 I, and you can spot that with many different people. And, and like, yeah, as you've rightly said there, like, obviously this is what Cobra wanted to do. He's approached it his way. Um, and yeah, the passion definitely, definitely spills out of it. Um, great, I mean, yeah. Yeah. great work, Cobra. Um, if you haven't caught it, it's in all of the major platforms right now. Planet of the Tapes, right? Indeed. Uh, it's not. Uh, you say all of the major platforms. I had, me and Cobra had words in this, but it's not because he obviously listened to our last, our last podcast and he was just <laughs> like, oh shit. It's not on Beatport. It's not on Juno, but it is on Amazon. It is on iTunes. It is on Spotify. So if you look for it, you will find it. Uh, I think he's, he's got a Bandcamp page as well. So like, you know, support the artist. Go put a few quid directly in his pocket because he's going to do a lot better from that, Annie. But um, strongly even if i wasn't on it even if i wasn't part of it i would be recommending it it just so happens that you know i also you, you suddenly put my stamp on it whilst i was at it <laughs> well, well speaking of uh band camp nicely brought up there this next one that i have cho- chosen i think you've said that he it's only available f- directly from his band camp as far um, as i can see i couldn't find it on juno or beatport or any any other service so well, I mean, I, I, he sent it to me directly, so I'm, I'm one of those wankers. Um, but <laughs> uh, I'm just going to bring it in. It is all, it's all about, fully all about the drop on this one. Um, this is Para, back again in the top six. And this is a track entitled Be Mine.
I like that drop. I li- literally listening to that track. It's like I envisaged like a socialite woman in an in like a, in a box at the opera, and there's the high string drops like a tear rolled down her cheek. Where there's just so much emotion in that shit. Like I don't know where he got that sample from. I really hope he played it himself. Um, but you know, um, amazing. Like just the, the, that the way that he put that into a four four track like this. Um, and then he's brought in, he's obviously got the classic sample um, from Cloud9 in there. And then here, he's got Colour Me Bad just randomly chucked in there as well. <laughs> and you're not like, oh, that's so like random and shit. It's all amazing. Like, it's just, and it's, it's obviously Power's high quality as well. What, what a tune. Cheers, Power, for just giving yeah, me just that's... emotions up and down on this. Like, fuck. That string sample before the drop as well kind of accentuates when it, because when it does drop in, it's got a very, it's like that, that, that chord sequence is like, it's very happy, isn't it? It's, it's kind of a major chord sequence and like, it's a stark contrast to the strings and it's, it's very cleverly done the way he's done that. But that is, that is Power through and through, isn't it? It's just that very clever build up and, and then you've obviously, you've got his trademark sounds in there, that kind of, that, that wonky bass that he, that he likes to use, which I love and, and which sounds wicked on a big system as well by the way props to para i just i realized i was going through going back through the old show notes and that whilst we were listening to that i think he's i think he's the first person that we featured on consecutive shows because we talked about one of his singles last month didn't we and he's had a yes. strong month i know i had more shortlisted i had uh shit, i can't think what the name of it is, is it loose control that's out on step stepper's yeah, club it's, it's Steppers i think club, it's loose yeah. control that's out back and body, with, bag with body, well. body bag yeah 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 i had that on my list and i also had um the one that he's got out on Upcycle at the moment with Leanne Louise and Daps had that on my list yes. as well. He just he's, he's he's had a storming couple of months. Um, so big up, mate! Thank you for spoiling us with all the quality music and, and this is a, yeah, it's a, it's a great, all of great them. Pick. All of them went on yeah. boat. I went because I went away on holiday. I had to skip a radio show, and then that meant that I had a month's worth of work, like of music that I hadn't listened to, and I literally drove myself insane for about three or four days solid just going back and listening to a whole month um, of, of brand new garage. And it was, it was torture. I'm not going to lie. It was absolute torture. Um, and I come out with a kind of four hour set that I split over, uh, over two shows last Saturday. I did a four hour solid mix last Saturday. Um, I did two hours of it on Reddit and two hours of it on sub and all of those power tracks. So would so what, so be mine, body bag, lose control. And the one with Daps and Leanne Louise, I played all of them like just, that that the the, the uh, that was in my short that that didn't make the final ten the Dapsley and Louise tune I didn't want to go too para um but that's a that's yeah. that's, a, that's a very well done track as well um just great work all round para um just keep, keep for sure like, that, I mean that 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 track that track on Upcycle with Leanne Louise and and, and Daps um like it, you took like if that was twenty years ago do you know what I mean that's chart material isn't it do you know what I mean it's it's just all just very slickly done it's very sing along very catchy it's uh, yeah it's brilliant so can I just go back to use it because you did you just say you did two hours on sub and two hours on Reddit that's correct yeah. see see you've got your tune pusher thing set up right and yeah. you played you obviously played on Reddit yeah. my jazz step mix of sweet love right yeah. Because I, 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 I seldom listen to your Sub Jam show live. I usually go to the playback just because yeah. I've done. You know, that I've was exactly why I thought it didn't matter where I played it, right? So, so, I, so. I, I, went on to, I went on Sub and I was just like, I listened, listened back to the show. And I was like, that's weird. Because he, he, like I got the tune pusher thing through that said he played Sweet Love, but it's not on the show. And I don't know that I was angry about it. Really. I, just, well, I was like, I wonder if he inputted it incorrectly or something. I was going to mention it to you, so but obviously you, you played that on the Reddit thing. Did you watch the, the, the YouTube video? Is that where you was looking? 
on sub because I no, haven't uploaded I, it to the I, sub archive yet. It's not on there. I listened. I listened on SoundCloud. Oh well, okay. So on SoundCloud, I've only put on the Reddit show, and then the Sub FM show I'm going to put on today. Um, after we record this, that's going up as well. So it's probably going to be in that one. Oh, whatever one you put up, I listened and I got myself confused. Not that that Don't takes worry. much these days. There's, but... there's stuff coming. Good there's on you. Coming. Good on you anyway, mate. <laughs> it's all good. It's uh, all good. See, some of it is because I've got Patreons. I like because I've starved them for a month, and they and they kind of give me money to support me. I've basically done the four hours. I give them all four hours at once, and then in the podcast feed, you can you get two hours last week and then two hours this week. Then obviously you're going to get another two hours in a week's time. Just kind of space it out a bit, and uh, yeah, fair you point. know. Distribute the content a bit more thinly. Uh, You're lucky there's so much quality music around at the minute, eh? Should we jump yeah. into the next one? I've got, I've got uh, a lovely one lined up mate, next. Um, I slept on this album. I did listen to it and I slept on it. I just decided it weren't for me and I need to reevaluate my life. Please tell us all about it. Do you know what? I didn't consciously pick it out either. I think it picked up. I, I, I think I was in the car and I had um, like Discover Weekly on on Spotify and it, and it threw it out. And, and I was just like, oh, I think I'd done the same thing. I'd glossed over it and it played me this track and I went, Ah, oh, it's really beautiful. And then kind of went back and retrospectively looked at the album and was just like, oh, it's, it's great. This is, um, <laughs> I've got to give him points as well. Part of the reason I picked this, a tiny part of the reason I picked with this is because it's one of my favourite artist names ever. This is Ross from Friends with a track called The Daisy and it's taken from his album Tread, which is available now via Brainfeeder. It's another one that's just like much like the last one. It's just very sort of emotive and, and kind of has just sort of a sentimental vibe to it, doesn't it? Like those little vocal cuts and, and the way he's done that, and it's just lovely. And then those chords coming. I saw your face change when you know on that kind of drop and those lovely chords. It's just I don't know. It just um, just makes me feel all warm and tingly. I was kind of I drive along. I think I was having a manic day, and that popped up on, on on my Discover Weekly, and it just immediately kind of soothed me. And I was just like, oh, do you know what? All is right in the world. It's cool. It's cool. I'm gonna go and grab that when I get home, and I'll be happy. And uh, yeah, big I up, needed big that up yesterday. Ross, Ross from when, friends. When my dog you completely did, you destroyed my headphones. I should, if I'd thought about it, I would have just sent you the. Do you know what I mean? Just sent you it as a voice note or something. <laughs> <laughs> should have done, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, next time for the next thing she bloody destroys. Uh, <laughs> mate, oh, Ross from friends. What? It's just 
Yes. I, so this has got a whole, the whole album, it had so many tracks on it and I saw it and it's difficult sometimes because when sometimes an artist puts out a body of work, you get some of those albums where it's just everything they've got on their hard drive, they've chucked out at the same time and you, and you, you don't know whether you want to spend time going through all of that. And I, I still try to. And, and it sounded very kind of like future garagey but not too much trying to rip, well, it wasn't trying to rip Burial at all. It's very much his own thing. Um, and I just, I felt like I would have been completely in love with this 10 years ago. I, I liked it, like, I, I liked it, but I was like, ah, oh, there's not too much of a place for this in my sound. I, I'd put this stuff on like the outro of my show maybe nowadays. And I already had like a banging outro for, for, for my show. So I was like, right, I'm going to pretend like this album doesn't exist. And I wish I didn't because this tune's phenomenal. Absolutely it's phenomenal. an interesting, interesting point you raise about. I, mean, I don't know. I don't think you're trying to say that it sounds dated. No, and, and no, I, not at all. I, I, but but it, it, it's an interesting point that you raise about like where does that fit? Because you've got a few artists like, um, like 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 this guy, and also like Poolside Convo and and Pocket, who I'm always raving about. And I love the music, but yeah, I get what you're saying in the sense of I listen to it, and I'm, I don't know where where it falls it, like it and, and in one sense that's that's a nice thing right because like like ross from friends he's got a good following he, he's touring at the moment right so he's obviously he doesn't need like a scene to kind of fall into with that music but like from the dj's perspective like where where do you find a place for it and it's i don't know it's it's, it's kind of symptomatic of, of music and and life in 2021 that we like to kind of pigeonhole and bracket things right and and we shouldn't and like tunes like that are a prime example of why uh, there's some great music around like you know, by 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 numerous people who um, sorry, I'm rambling again. I'm rambling. You, no, you know you're not. You're not that. rambling just, at all, you know. mate. I completely get what you're saying. Like, I, I obviously bear in mind as well. I, when I tr- tried to listen to this album, it is after I'd been listening to four weeks worth of brand new new garage. So my my threshold was was lower than usual for patience. Yeah, um, for real. I, but, uh, you know. I th- I think I think that's what I'm kind of trying to say. It's, it's not it's not a criticism, and I absolutely applaud people for doing their own thing and going fuck it. I'm going to make this kind of beautiful wonky music. Um, it's just it just it, my my concern for them is that it makes it easy for people who are kind of like diehard fans of a niche genre like garage. It kind of makes it a, a little bit easier for it to get missed or overlooked. Do you know what I mean? I think like the fact that you kind of like you said you kind of overlooked it is a, is a a good example of that. Like fucking hell, like you're the most diligent person I know in terms of new releases. If you could miss something, then do you know what I mean? It's, um, but yeah, I mean we've got, we've kind of gone off off the radar there. To, no, chatting no, about no, that. Like, we, we started talking outside. You know, in terms of the tune itself, though, it's just it's just fantastic. It's just just a beautiful piece of music. Oh, it's it's uh, it's lovely. It's great work, Ross. I'm going to go back and listen to the rest of the album and make sure I, I didn't miss anything else off of it for sure. Have you have you assumed his name's Ross as well? Because I just assumed his his real name must be Ross, and I looked him up just because I was curious. I was like, "Where is that? I wonder where he's got that from." But he's, he's not. His name isn't Ross at all. No, no, I've got. It's just literally his, his, his artist name. But it's easier I, I than saying know. Ross from Friends over and over again. You know, <laughs> Ross from Friends. If you hear this, can you just let us know? Like, I mean, obviously he's a Friends fan. I'm assuming. I'm just. I'm curious as to why he picked that as his artist name. It's, it's just. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Great. It's hilarious. It's artist. great because it, it makes you remember him. Because isn't it? Yeah. You know, straight away. Uh, we got all the way through talking about that tune without doing one poor taste, lazy friends reference. Um, congratulations to us both. <laughs> let's, let's pivot onto the next one. Fail. Um, so I'm so glad you you picked that tune because it's kind of it's grown up garage. I like to think it's grown up garage. It's forward thinking, very modern. 
the next one that I picked as well is a complete kind of just, uh, I don't want to call it a, an ego wank, um, but it is, it's very much uh, not your standard garage. It's, I, 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 if I was to pigeonhole it, I would say if Cafe Del Mar, back in whenever, did garage, this is the tune that would come out of it. It's one that I found uh, on my travels. I'm going to have to completely butcher the artist, the album and everything. Um, it is by an, a, a French artist from Paris uh, called Tour Malbour. Uh, it is from an album, uh, the original was from an, an album called Paradis Artificiel. And this is the remixes of that. And this tune is called L'Invitation au Voyage. And Wayward is on the remix. Fucking nailed it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> is all about strings it's all about the strings right <laughs> um, that, that, that main sample there in the drop that's like the kind of main driver of, of the original the original is kind of like a, a house tune uh, as you would kind of expect that kind of fits and uh, Wayward's from the UK and he's taken that uh, so Wayward are two guys and they they don't normally make garage from listening to their SoundCloud they've got like a kind of uh, an array of genres but they've kind of put this one up against that sample and I made a kind of future garagey chill out. I don't know how what, where you put this, but just really, really enjoyed it. It's another one, like you say, that's kind of hard to define. But I'm so glad you picked it because I definitely had this this one shortlisted, and I wondered if you were going to pick it because because you, you rounded out your show last week with it, right? Yeah. And, you, and I heard you let it play, and I thought, oh, he likes that one. I bet <laughs> he's going to pick that one. So that's why I didn't pick it. I was just like, I'll pick something here, so he can have that one. Um, but no, it's, it's lovely. I, I fell in love with it the moment I heard it. Do you know what I thought was um, certainly in terms of the strings as well and the way they've kind of arranged that. Um, it kind of has like shades of high contrast in it. Yes. Do you know I mean you could yeah. almost you could do a drum and bass version of that track and it would it would just sound like you'd put it out in hospital back like 15 years ago. Do you know what I mean it would be it would work beautifully? Um, but I no, just really it's another tearjerker. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I I love it. Hence I don't know if you picked up on it. I don't know if this works. So when it was playing, did you see? Can you see that? 
No, what is that? No hearts don't pop up in your screen. I was going to say Skype's got that feature in it where you can click react and you can click love. So I did oh. that when it was playing and loads of hearts bubbled up on my screen. I was like, I don't know if that's going to filter through to your OBS feed. <laughs> it, it, do, it doesn't come through to OBS. Um, we've just got the, the, the Dark Knight in front of his, uh, his, his city that he protects. That's probably a good thing. I, I, I suppose if you had me sat here with Gotham in the back with hearts flying around, it would be a bit of a contradiction in terms. But nonetheless, <laughs> I do love that tune and, uh, and thank you for, for raising that for discussion. And also props to you for absolutely smashing the intro because you were like, I'm going to butcher this. I think you pretty much, the only way you could have done that better was if you had actually introduced it en français, like all the way through. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, uh, no. Yeah, could, wouldn't, have, wouldn't have got that far. I, what I loved <laughs> is that I couldn't talk without moving my hands. I needed to get the gestures <laughs> to get it out of my mouth in French somehow. Um, I want to big up Rufio from Paris because he's my number one Parisian listener. And, uh, and I hope I did you proud, sir. Um, that was cool, man. I'm sure, mate. That, that, that was cool. <laughs> we, we, um, I, we got a, that was a different... It wasn't a kind of cliche... The, the best garage, I mean, they're our favourites, but they're not like the kind of standard hottest garage tunes of the minute, right? Yeah, it was, I was, I was going to make the exact same observation. In fact, I'm, look, I'm looking at our, our sort of picks for our Forgotten Gems, and I'm glad we've got stuff that's kind of more uh, dance floor centric, because obviously we've, we've gone for some really kind of beautiful laid back vibes this month. I it must just be a month. Is, is October usually a month where all the beautiful music comes out? I don't know. Definitely a bit more chilled than normal than our usual it, selections, eh? I don't know. I've, I've had Octobers where there's been bangers. Um, like like some strong bangers, and then just loads of bait Halloween bootlegs, and I haven't seen one Halloween <laughs> bootleg this season. It's you know it's weird because I'm sitting on one. I did I did um, I did one that had some samples from a horror film in it, and actually it's like it's a pretty decent tune. And my plan was to whack it up for free download today, like like as a Halloween thing. But just as luck would have it, I've got about ten releases between now and Christmas, so I, I kind of didn't want to saturate or water down what what's kind of going out legitimately via labels. So I might just hold on to it for next next halloween instead or something but yeah no is it i i also i made the in, in, uh, observation to the wife last night that it's interesting that when you get to christmas right there is it's like it's frowned upon by like a, a hardcore um group of garage fans to play christmas tunes they go oh christmas garage like it's some kind of dirty <laughs> word yeah it's interesting to me just an observation i'm not criticizing anyone it's interesting to me that those a lot of those same guys are quite happy to play halloween bootlegs at halloween so what gives what gives? Oh. Answers on a postcard to info at U- in the ukgarage.com, right? Because I'm, I'm curious, what makes, what makes a Halloween tune all right when a Christmas tune isn't? Yeah. Just, it, just it, throwing it out there. Just let, throwing it out let there. Let us know. Is, is Halloween <laughs> the more grown-up season when we all dress up in costumes and I don't know what? It's um, not a costume, mate. It's not a costume. This is <laughs> it's your uniform. Excuse me. <laughs> it's my okay. uniform. <laughs> okay. My, my favourite vigilante of the moment. Shall we round out uh, the rest of, of uh, the last month with our favourites from, from uh, yeah? The best let's of the do rest. it let's do it to me to you as usual i'm assuming mate let's go let's go yeah so first up i have got a, a splendid uh, dark stepper from uh is it mark ii or is it mk2 can we have some clarification on that from andy at, at, at slime please because i don't actually know whether i'm saying it right either mk2 or, or mark II. whoever they are they produce some great music um the ep uh, which is, i think it's called the darkness if i'm not mistaken fantastic ep this is my pick called spice uh, when you're listening to it make sure you wait for around the two minute mark when it really gets going because it builds and builds beautifully into a fantastic dark gritty drop that, that was my pick from that ep as well nicely timed with the june film just coming out which is cool um i for my first pick i've got a tune by more night absolutely love this producer he has released uh, a tune called sling 
uh, on a double A side EP. It's just more night does bumpy two step like no other. Please check him out. Uh, I have next got Higo uh, with a track called Fantasy, which is available now via Signal Supply. Uh, it's Higo. I, I don't feel like I really need to say anything more than that. It's, it's fucking great. Go check it out. Higo. Big up. <laughs> uh, my next pick is by Shade K, and it is a tune called Porkies, and it is fun. It is a fun, breaky garage tune. The killer samples. Check it out. Uh, next up, I've got Laura Alice uh, with a, a single that's available now via Upcycle called Tell Me So. Uh, Laura Alice has obviously previously done the 4-4 the and the two-step thing, and now she's showcasing that she can do the garage house thing as well, and it's a very nice self vibe. And Upcycle are fucking killing it, mate. I don't know if you... I, just just as a, on, on a related note, I did my chart for, for Juno on that this month, and I had three Upcycle releases in there because they're fucking smashing it. So big up to Upcycle as well. Strong catalogue, strong catalogue. Uh... I've got a, a remix of a tune by Eric Mark. Uh, the tune's called Break Yourself, or no, Brace Yourself, and Nightblock is bringing the two-step vibes on this. Wicked tune. Um, I, I don't, not much to say on this, except you need to have a listen. Uh, next up, I've got Wolves' TC4 with a track called Fuego. I think I'm saying this right. Fuego? Yeah, yeah. Fuego? It's got to be Fuego, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a lovely blend of, of, of sounds that, you know, I mean, it is topical, but equally, if you had kind of dropped it in that that era of garage where things went a bit darker, you know, it's kind of got that retro kind of garage housey type beat, but with lashings of heavy sub bass and just gets in your head. I love it. Man, a big nutty manner. Uh, love, love a bit of TC4. <laughs> My next pick is from Skepsis he's released like a, a whole album that is so strong um, this is a, the two step number off that joint called Pisces I say it is the strong two step track off of the album please check the album out as a whole because it's a body body of work um, it surfs genres and then lengs hard uh, big up Skepsis you love a bit of Skepsis I love him you mentioned Skepsis last month as well I think if I recall right yeah now. yeah he's, he's wicked absolutely wicked uh, another one we we mentioned last month was Depsky actually, uh, and he's since released another one of his soulful jazzy two steppers. So this one's called One Spliff, a bit more of a somber affair than the last one. Um, real kind of laid back vibes. It's fucking great. Go listen. Listen while smoking one split. <laughs> uh, so th this one, th to the original, this tune is banging. Um, I think it's Wonder. We've lost all the vowels out of their uh, artist name. Uh, featuring Omar Noir. And it's a tune called Girls. D-Tune's taken to it to do a, a cheeky little remix. And his remix makes the original better. They're both amazing together side by side. Check them both out. Nice. Uh, I've Next up, I've got... Uh, phonetics <laughs> uh, with a single <laughs> with a single yeah, my, my, my alter ego <laughs> my daytime my daytime <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's my new single Anywhere which is available now uh, via Strictly Flavor uh, just picking up where I left off with my last Jazz Step release it's Jazz Step goodness if you, if you like my vibe go check it Wicked thing my next pick uh, we, we featured him in the top three last show He's back again on Downplay Records, Angus Green with a 4-4 EP. This one uh, I've picked off of it, it's called Get The Floor. Wicked EP, 4-4 Stompers. A uh, bit of nice and ripey vibes in there. Definitely check it out. Big up Andy Bizzle, as always, all the gang. That EP is exceptional. It's absolutely exceptional. And I did um, message Andy to let him know. Um, it, I, in terms of the pick, I love the one that you've picked. 
I actually liked, so there's three tracks on there, right? I'm just looking it up quickly while we're, while we're kind of, whilst I'm gassing to buy myself time. There's three tracks on there, and I really like the third one, which is almost like a, a throwback, um, sort of really early 80s garage stroke disco track, right? It's the type of thing, it's the type of thing that I would, what's it called? Please be feeling like I do, right? If you gave that to Larry Levin back in the Par- Paradise Garage days, right? He would have been all over that. And I love that he's kind of done this, this topical take on that kind of classical retro US garage sound and just found a way to get it onto that EP. Beautiful. Anyway, I'm going off piste here. Uh, my, my last selection was by One Dark Martian. It's his new track called The, the Game Never Ends. Um, it's, uh, have you heard it yet? No. Go check it out. It's brilliant. It's a, it's like a, it's a real toddy one because um, obviously some of some of Brad's work is a bit more toddy. Some of it's a bit more out there. It's a bit more of a toddy one, but it's sublime. It's really slickly done, as one would expect. Um, lovely, lovely uh, vocal sample in there to round it off nicely, and it just yeah, it just gets me feeling good and rolling, man. Nice. We'll definitely cop that one as soon as possible. My last pick. I think we featured uh, this person before, Oso, uh, from the US. Uh, latest track is entitled Murmurs. And it's just wicked, high high caliber garage, and I, and I love that it's coming out stateside. That's a bigger Oso. Um, check that one out. I think that is our our final round out of the ten. Uh, don't forget, all of those tunes will be added to the in the garage recommends Spotify playlist, and you can grab that from intheukgarage.com forward slash recommends. All of the ones that are available on Spotify, but I'm looking at the list now and there's at least two or three which aren't. I've subbed them out with with similar tracks from the same artists. Whoa, that also reminds me that I didn't big up my freebie pick, did I? So there was Ah, a a banging bootleg that dropped um, on, oh, it's like bass. Bad and bassy. Bad bad and bassy records, that's it. Um, By Ollie Weeks and he's called it the, The Good, The Bad and The Bassy and he's bootlegging uh, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly Fiend tune and it's just, it's a, it's a real fun tune. Um, big up, big Definitely up, Weeks on that. Uh, that got um, that got a little spin for sure. <laughs> right, that's it. That's um, that's for new music for now. Should we should we go back in time and talk about the glory days? <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Yeah, no, we've got some kind of more up tempo ones here to sort of compensate for the very chilled vibes we were playing earlier. My first pick. Uh, is a Percy of mine still to this day. It's a real standout from the lost years for me. Um, Kind of went out under a different name. It's, it's been out under a variety of names, and we were going to discuss that afterwards, weren't we? But I'll just un- introduce it as per the Casual Beats final release, um, as it originally went out in 2005. Chunky Jackson featuring Kaz with a track called Some Kind of Fool.
bruv. What a pick. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. Oh, earliest memory of hearing that, I think I was locked into... Um, I think I was probably living in... So living in St Albans around that time. I remember listening to Manic FM. I can't even remember what DJ it was I was listening to, but they played that. And immediately I just remember going, fuck, that's brilliant. Like, and it's weird. It's a weird one to listen to because obviously we mentioned before we started it playing there that obviously it went out as Chunky featuring Kaz, right? And obviously there's that intrinsic link between Chunky and, and Sonship, right? Because like, And I don't, I don't want to downplay anyone's involvement. I don't know what the, the process was in the making of that tune. So I don't want to um, insult Chunky by saying that it was obviously Sonship or whatever I don't know how they worked that but I remember hearing it at the time and thinking there were elements of that track which sounded very sunshipy right there's that little high synth riff and it's got sunship written all over it obviously it's 4-4 four, four, and typically you think of sunship's two-step but like if you listen to that that second sunship album there's a lot of that kind of that bumpy 4-4 four, four on there and it's there's certain bits of this track that are very sunshipy and I remember being like oh you know it's chunky it's very sunshipy like did sunship engineer it did he produce it like his chunk and I don't know what the story is with that track I might have to hit Chunky up and just outright ask him like what is the deal with that track because I noticed a couple of years ago Kerry was going through the Sunship back catalogue and bringing it all across so it's available digitally and you can get all of the Sunship tracks in history are available now on Spotify right and that one is on there but it's not on there as Chunky featuring Kaz it's on there as Sunship featuring Kaz I don't know why that is I don't know if that's because actually it was a Sunship track maybe does Chunky not have a profile on Spotify? Chunk, Sunship's got more of a presence, so it's gone out that way. Don't know what the deal is, but it's a banging tune and it brings, as you say, a lot of memories so, with it. So, so. The, so the original vinyl from 2005 is out on, it's got, it's got under casual beats, right? Yeah. Uh, on there, it's, it's Chunky, but in the credits, it's got co-producer Sunship. So right. I, don't know whether they, I don't know whether they put that on the label. Let me see. There's a, the label's just like a sticker from somewhere that is... Yeah. The, the, uh, it's such a bad scan that that could that could literally say EDR main produced that tune for all I know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, I I hadn't heard like uh, at this point in time I don't know how much four four Sunship really had hits with before this kind of tune, right? I mean they they was renowned for all of their two step stuff. Uh, obviously, try me out is the one. The, the the remix of that is what kind of kicked them off for me way way back in the day, and then they had so many banging remixes. Um, and did Mystique and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but I mean, what? For, I can't think of any like 4 4 Sunship before this tune. I, I could be wrong. I'll probably get called out and I would love to hear it. <laughs> Feedback at in the ukgarage.com, the countless well, number they... of 4 4 big Sunship tunes. I'm, so, I'm going to carry out that by about popular Sunship tunes um, that were out before this one. Um, but yeah, I, I think you could. It. There, there was one or two off of. So the second Sunship album was Is This Real Right? Because if I recall rightly, the first one was self titled and that was a bit more experimental. And then I think Kerry picked up on the two step thing and kind of rolled with it. So the second album, which I think was the one that was nominated for the Mobile, right? That was Is This Real? I know there was, I'm sure there was a couple of 4 4 bits on there. As you, you did put the caveat there, <laughs> big tunes. I don't know whether they're the standouts that most people would necessarily no sunship for i'm just i'm looking at the track listing because i've got the album sat in front of me and off the top of my head i can't remember which one's a two-step and which one's a four four i remember fucking loving the album and i remember being really gutted for kerry when like i saw an interview in the sort of following years with him where he talked about even though it was nominated for a mobile award it basically sold fuck all uh, and i think it destroyed part of his soul that he put all of that effort into that album and it really didn't do what he thought it was going to do nonetheless obviously sunship went on 
following that off the back of trying me out of nothing else along with a string of sick remixes that became a real kind of household name within garage circles and they're almost like the go-to you know you had like club asylum and sunship and artful dodger they were the go-to guys really if you wanted like a garage mix done at the turn of the century right they did all right out of the whole garage thing yeah yeah uh, way but back no, no, just yeah i just sorry to jump in you obviously were saying about the four four thousand. i think if we were to sit here and go through is this real there would be a couple on there that you'd be like oh yeah uh but yeah absolutely like it, i think it's a totally fair comment for you to make where you say when you think of sunship you think of those big chunky beats sort of skippy two-step but i mean things, but this era this era the, the era that this came out was the, the was the time for basic four four right you yeah, got yeah. you got yeah. delinquent was putting stuff out you got Jay Sweet, um, Cameo. Uh, I mean, there's D and G, Des Jones. Yeah. Like, the, you know, all those kind of people were doing basic, and it was all it weren't it weren't full blown speed garage, and there was there, there was organ stuff up north. It was like a, the, the London thing was the chunky beats with the big bass. Um, yeah, and I think this kind of it, that's where they came into their own to do this sort of tune. Um, but then they put their own Sunship spin on it because they got the, the good vibes vocal. Um, even though she's talking about being some kind of fool is not obviously the happiest kind of story but um, <laughs> but yeah I was saying it's like I've got a weird I mean I've never actually met Kaz um, but I know that she is the daughter of a family friend um, who used to put out Garage Way back on Storm Records uh, a group called Innocence and they had a quite a, a cool back catalogue um, but yeah so I kind of it's like I've, her, her other artist name is Claire Maria so it's kind of I've, got, I've always had a weird link to Kaz uh, but never actually met her. Um, and yeah, she'd done a few garage tunes back then. But I know that, uh, say, the the family friend was banging into making garage. And um, th- there's if you check out tunes by in in a sense, they were they were there was some pretty cool ones uh, that they put out. But he um he actually gave me my copy um, of DJ Zinc uh, kind of funky. I've got like the promo press of that because he was on distribution list and I weren't. Um, my copy of Kind of Funky came from him, and it is a proper, it's an original bingo promo. Um, so big up, big up in a sense, and uh, big up Kaz and, and Chunky for this beautiful tune. Um, say proper memories, man. Two thousand five. Makes me think sure. of makes me think of uh, Charmer's show because um, he, he, he rinsed that for months on end. That one. I used to love listening to Chalmers, Chalmers show. I know we talked about talked about Glenn and Parson in the past, didn't we? Like with all the exclusives and all the bits. The reasons that you hated him because he had all the tunes that you wanted, and this was probably yeah. one of them. I'm guessing at the time. Um, but yeah, and no, I just I remember it. Just it was one of those tunes that just seemed to be, you know, like you have like really topical tunes that come and go quite quickly, and especially like modern day, right? Shelf life of the track's about a week and then it's gone again. Um, <laughs> this one seemed to be around for fucking ages, and I loved that. It was it was a good one. I was I welcomed it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charmer was Charmer was an interesting. One. I say I met him and I, and he was an amazingly nice guy. <laughs> um, but I, I think he went digital early, and that's where he he had all the links. And uh, you know, I was a vinyl purist back then. It's like, oh, CDs were the the worst thing I could think of DJing. Like, yeah. How dare you take the purity of vinyl and boil it down to something you could send over email? Disgusting. Um, nowadays, I love the cleanness of digital. You know, I was going to say, change, you're, 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 judging by the conversation we had last month, you're the complete polar opposite now, aren't you? It's a shame, yes. really, because I think Charmer was he was very forward thinking in a lot of ways. And actually to have the foresight to get the prolific and stereo hype MP3 store up the way you did. I think Ed Selector set that up to him, if I, if I remember right. Um, that was that was brilliant, but it was almost ahead of its time. And I think I think it wasn't only you. I think probably a lot of people were kind of opposed to it. It's a shame, really, that 
a wider i know obviously we had like um i'm trying to think uh udm did the uk gmp3.co.uk store didn't they um and that did all right for a little while i, I always thought it was a bit you know it was a bit of a shame that that kind of went under because there was some tunes on there that you just you couldn't get anywhere else and which you now can't get anywhere um i think really if you'd had the foresight at the time when that shop was there and the stereo hype was there to just get the lot you'd be laughing because you'd have loads of digital copies of tunes which have now vanished into the ether um I, they, they had the links but they didn't have the technical prowess to have a store that would last its life i think they're probably using open source software it was a bit clunky um you know and it just a company like Beatport or Juno that have got full development teams looking after a proper e-commerce website that's their own thing is always going to outlast a kind of scrappy upstart like that. Um, you know, and I, I guess UDM, rest in peace, right? Is that not that, like it's just the, the way record shops went? Um, let's let's, let's uh, should, we, should we move on to the next pick before we get too sad about everything dying and going away? Uh, so, so the, one of the reasons that that I uh, I picked. Um, this this next artist is because uh, it, it was flagged up in it was I don't know if it was last week or the week before um, that he's just called out that he wants to retire from Garage, which is really really sad. Um, so I want to want to just go back to his kind of glory days, um, and then we'll talk a bit more about this tune, that era, and where he's going into the future. Um, the the tune that I've picked is a remix of a J Sweet tune. And uh, the tune is called Going Through, and on the remix, doing some two-step business, we've got Mr. CJ Rain, straight out of Poland. Big up. when uh when i bought it i remember i would have been in uptown and i bought the vinyl and this was kind of like it was it was one of the second tracks and it was like a four tracker that they put out and i just i heard it i was like oh my god i absolutely love this tune it was different to the rest of the tunes on that vinyl uh, and if you like kind of listen back to the tune that it's actually remixing um it's a it's a it's a weird one like you've got a, a delinquent remix of the original of this which is just standard delinquent baseline driven um like doesn't use much of the original elements. The original J Sweet version of this is like a kind of, it's like a grime step kind of speed tune. With the, it's got the same piano samples, um, the same like bad VST trumpet samples in there. Um, but what CJ Rain did was he's taken all them stems and put his own bass on it and just made a, a, a two-step stomper. Uh, and I just, I absolutely appreciate 
what he did to this. And he made, you know, Aaron Soul is a great singer, and and he's the one that brings the vocals on this, and it's a, it's a lovely vocal on this. I just, I just, I find this tune quite happy, and I, I've, I've, yeah. I've always enjoyed it from way, way back when. It's another, it's another feel-good track, isn't it? It's one of those ones that you just, you can't quite pinpoint why, but it kind of makes you smile. Um, it's a good example of what CJ is capable of, and I mean, like, like we, I think it was last month, even or maybe the month before, where we were actually discussing CJ Rains and and saying about his body of work over the years and um, the kind of vast back catalogue of of excellent productions that he's been um, that he's he's brought to the table. And actually, I, I you know, obviously, we we both um, big up um, sort of Andy at Slime because he obviously gave us a heads up on that post that CJ Rain put up a couple of weeks ago saying he was throwing the towel in. I was already I texted you in and I was like, fuck's sake right we'll talk about this in the gassing section i'm gonna have a right old rant about people not showing cj rain enough love and send him a message just being like mate you deserve no more props this is bollocks and that kind of, and he basically came back i don't know if you saw the reply just sort of saying oh actually like um it's not really that it's more just a natural artistic progression that i've kind of gone on to making this other kind of sound and, and i'm enjoying that more fair play can't argue with that good luck to him um going forward you know it's a, it's a massive loss to garage though uh, i don't care what anyone says i feel like cj's been right near the top of the heap for a long fucking time uh, i don't feel that is appreciated enough uh and i appreciate you cj i feel you i miss you <laughs> uh, i'm sad i'm very sad i was genuinely i saw that that facebook post and i was just like oh man I'm genuinely, genuinely gutted about that. I see people come and go, but like genuinely gutted. Man. Yeah, it's it's a big loss. I mean, because it was last show we talked about the newbies, which was the alias of Proton, and that's right. Pro- Proton and CJ were obviously mates, and they both came out of Poland together doing the garage thing. And it's it's got to be difficult for him. He's like, you know, garage is UK garage. It's it's from the UK. You don't have to be from here to make it, but you're you're producing a genre that's popular, and I say popular like nowadays it's a dwindling audience uh, you know you're, you're producing a micro genre out of a different company where a country where it's primarily listened to um you're only going to get so much gratification uh from from your audience if you can't properly kind of break it in in a way that you know that, that you do it's, it's difficult with this genre i think so many artists you, i see you struggle with it so much how you want to get out there and be listened to and it's just hard sometimes to get the kind of uh, receivership that you wish on a tune that you make and I, I, you know, I'm glad that we got as much CJ as we did up until now, and some of his kind of newer stuff was uh, ph- phenomenal. I, I mean, the the, the re the release stuff that they just put out on Friday Rush, um, that was from the kind of early 2010s. Uh, Rockin' and Groovin' was one of them that springs to mind. I mean, banging bass garage there. Like I used to love that tune. Um, he put out lots of kind of garagey housey bits on on Pogo House Records. Um, and then you flag some of the Speed Garage stuff that he did as well. Um, what was the name yeah. of that tune that you, you want to just fill the one the that stands there? out to me was... Uh, <laughs> so I, I wasn't, wasn't sure whether that was a prompt or what. Um, the one that stands out for me was um, Scream, uh, which went out on Final Cut Records and then um, later was, was uh, signed by Gavin Dister for his Urban Sprawl um, compilation. He put out a, a Speed Garage Snipers comp in 2014, which if you've never listened to it, go check it out because it's fucking absolutely banging. It's got CJ, it's got... Uh, Jay Jordan and Lacey. It's got myself and Para on there. It's got oh, it's Dister himself under you know under his Speed Garage guys. It's got some wicked tracks on there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like it doesn't seem to. That's, that's this is the thing. You pick out all these little sort of subgenres of garage that CJ tried his hand at, and there's not a bad 
example amongst them they're all they're all very slickly done i think it's testament to how strong and talented a producer he is and you know he's not making any more garage but whatever he is making you know he's going to be bringing something nice to the table for another audience so um yeah onwards and upwards for for cj and uh i'm hey, sure the door will always remain open for you if you ever want to come back <laughs> yeah for sure or maybe we can do you know team up with him get a little polish jazz step on the go i don't know that'd be <laughs> epic i'd like that i'd like that a lot uh, but uh, yeah, it's like, I think music's about what you feel, right? If he's feeling something else, say yeah, 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 for best sure, of luck for to sure. It. You, like I said earlier, you can't fake it, can you? So if your heart's not in it, that's going to come across in the sound. Um, so yeah, go go do what you got to do. Um, go go do what you got to do, CJ, for sure. So I'm I'm glad uh, we we got an opportunity to at least talk about him, showcase some of his uh, bits, and say amazing body of work. Big up, big up, Mr. CJ Rain. Let's um let's come back into the present and we, we can we can do some do some waffling some gassing. Um, you had uh, you had an you interesting topic you wanted to to jump on. This I, week. I did I did before we get into the sort of nice juicy one actually I don't know if you because obviously for the listeners we do like a little show notes spreadsheet or, or you do a little show notes spreadsheet don't you that, that we can kind of reference whilst we're sitting here chatting shit and I've just updated it I don't know if you've seen because it just occurred to me before we get into the real gassing that track source has now got a garage section. Uh, I don't know if you've picked up on that. Obviously, you've been away, so you might have missed that. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of take a minute to mention that that's, that's a quite a big deal for for Garage and big up Andy Holder for kind of implementing it and bringing it to the forefront. And you've now got, you know, Juno Download's got Garage, Beatport's got Garage. So is TrackSource. So it's a good look. Mate, took your time. That's all I'm thinking. Like, TrackSource <laughs> has been banging out tunes for how many? That was one of the original digital distributors, right? Like, how did it take them that long? I think it's... Yeah, I think people didn't respect Garage as its own genre. I think that's why Beatport probably slept on it for so long. I'm glad they've done it now, and I hope that pushes the sun to more people. Um, yeah, if you go, if you if Tractors is where you get your bits, um, happy days for you. Oh, it's my only ever step. interaction with step. them, to be honest, uh, Rob. Whenever I've seen Tractors, someone will be like, "I've got a promo. The promo's on Tractors," and it's like, "What do you mean?" Right. And then you go on to Tractors, and by promo, they mean we're charging $2 a track and you can only get it from this website. So basically it's like, it's an exclusive that's been kind of charged upwards, but like ridiculously so in my opinion. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I haven't been on there for a long time. I'll be honest. It's interesting when you look at the different, the, pla- the different platforms, obviously there's many platforms. So I don't want to kind of alienate anyone, but like we were saying last time, when you're looking at um, store-bought digital downloads for playing in the DJ realm and, and garage, you're looking at Beatport, Juno, and track source, right? They, they they would be the three that I think probably for most people would spring to mind. It's interesting that the 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 focus for different labels depending on what their niche sound that they're pushing is, because I've noticed that a lot of the labels that go with that kind of exclusive on track source route are from that kind of that garage house, garage house section yeah. of the That's garage umbrella, said, yeah. and then and then a lot of the the base uh, the guys that are almost kind of veering on base house and kind of tech that kind of grittier sound, they tend to do exclusives on Beatport, and then you've got a kind of core of. What you might say is that kind of, I don't want to say more traditional garage sound because that's, that's not the right way yeah. to put it, but everything else, if, 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 if you will, uh, a lot of those labels kind of focus on Juno. It's just fascinating the way that um, it's not really, not really a discussion piece or anything, just something I've observed. It's just like you can almost pick which labels are going to kind of favour which, um, which platform. And no, I mean, ultimately, I just wanted to kind of big up TrackSource for kind of making that, you know, implementing that, that garage page because it can only be a positive thing, right? Oh, it's good, yeah. I mean, I I hope it gets some traction of what's going on, brings some people back. 
um, pushes the sound a bit more. Yeah, big up track source for that. Um, so, so staying in the vein of digital distribution, what's, what's, the, what's the big news this week? So do you know what I should have done? I should have preemptively, I'm just going to log into my Facebook while we're chatting. I can, I can outline it from, from memory whilst I'm doing that. And I picked up on a, on a social media that Scott Diaz uh, put up the other day. Uh, and I've got a lot of respect for, for Scott and, and everything that he's achieved over the years. Because in essence, you know, he kind of came out of garage as, as Scott Tonic. He kind of came through similar kind of time to myself and CJ Rain and a lot of the other guys. And Scott's kind of gone on, you know, he's had the business savvy to kind of get his fingers into a few different pies. And he's, he's achieved things that I think most of us will never uh, be able to achieve. So, you know, I've got a lot of respect for that. Um, he's got a, a very smart business brain and he's obviously looking um in terms of distribution or what the best way to go is uh going forward uh specifically for for his projects um i think there was an article that got published the other day about spotify's revenue for 2021 and the, the amount they've raked in and then the amount they've paid out to the content creators and like they're as you would expect massively quids in like billions and billions and, and then they've paid out a sort of pittance to us as minions who are kind of scrambling around trying to make the content for them and scott obviously picked up on that article and went fuck this um i'm i'm, I'm sacking off digital streaming services altogether i'm pulling all of my grand plans back catalog off there um so they i've just logged into facebook to try and find the post and I've, i think i've probably just summarized it pretty well there um but no the, the reason i mentioned that obviously i've got a lot of respect for, for scott and what he's achieved is because i, I didn't want to raise this topic of conversation in a way that suggests that i'm disagreeing with what he's saying you know he's got his reasons for doing it um here you go i've got the post here it says i'm done with spotify i'll read you the the, the first up this is the the tweet that kind of kick-started it Spotify has made $67 billion this year so far. Record labels make $1 million an hour off streaming. Artists make 0.0038 cents per stream. And our rate is decreasing while Spotify and label rates increase. If you want to do indie artists a favour, please visit our band camps once a month. Totally fair comment to make. Scott's obviously seen that. He's reposted it and he's put the tagline on here. I'm done with Spotify and Apple Music too. I'm putting all my grand plan stuff off there. Might be a couple I have to leave up there if I've worked with a singer and they want to remain. But yeah, fuck the streaming platforms. I've been thinking about it for a while. And honestly, I don't think it will make any difference. I'm tired of giving away my work for nothing. With what I've got planned next year, streaming is very far down the list of priorities. Uh, and I thought it made for an interesting conversation piece with us, not because I want to disagree with it, because in terms of the sentiment and everything Scott's saying, I totally get it. Uh, and in principle, yeah, I absolutely agree. I just found it interesting that it was, you know, it was only we sat here a month ago talking about how essential it is. And obviously we were talking specifically about getting your, as, a, as an artist, getting your tracks onto Beatport and track source and basically being as visible as you can be on, on the net, right? Um, and, I, and I don't know from, from your perspective what your view on it is. I know that you hate Spotify. I know that I hate what Spotify stands for and the abysmal remuneration. But that said, I do see the benefits of Spotify as well. Um, so it's, it's just kind of, it's, a, it's an interesting one because Scott's obviously, decided he's in that place where he's fucked it off altogether. And then there are obviously artists who are making the streaming services their focus. I guess it depends what you want to get back from your music. Cause, do you know what I mean? I think I kind of sit somewhere in the middle on it because I wish I was in a position where I could, obviously Scott's got a much bigger following. I think he's in a good position where he can fuck off something and he'll take his fan base with him. My fan base is much smaller and more niche. Um, so I think I would probably struggle if I were to do the same thing. I know, and I don't know if you recall this, 
I know I was very averse to jumping on board with the digital streaming thing in the first place. And I remember putting up a tweet, God, probably about a decade ago, man. I remember putting out a tweet and I remember you replying to me because I put out this tweet saying, fuck streaming. That business model is never going to work. If we go down that route, you put in the final nail in the coffin in the record industry. And you, you obviously, you, it's not, I'm not arguing with you. I don't want to argue with you. But you obviously <laughs> saw a different side of it. And you, you, you replied saying, oh, that's really short-sighted, mate. What about this, this, and this? And we had a, a, brief, a brief chat about it, um, obviously deferring opinions. And I didn't do the, the streaming services for fucking years. I held my back catalogue from there. But actually what I found was that there was like a whole generation of new producers that came through that did do the streaming thing that have got hundreds of thousands of people that follow them on Spotify that now have a sort of captive captive audience off the back of that. There was like that little golden sweet spot. There's that, always that golden time, isn't there, where a new platform emerges. And if you get on there at the right time, you can kind of do quite well from it. I missed that. And years later, I went, oh, do you know what? I'm going to have to do this digital streaming thing because that's the way it's gone. Every, like everyone wants to stream things. So I've now got my pretty much my entire back catalogue on Spotify. Now, in terms of remuneration, yeah, I get fuck all from it. I make more in a month from Bandcamp than I probably do in the year from all of the streaming services combined. And that's not a massive amount of money, but it just goes to show how much of a pittance they do actually, you do actually make back from that. Equally, I have people that I know, I have a, a part of my fan base that I know have discovered me as a result of Spotify. Um, and I know that I have I don't know if you've been on my Spotify page recently. I know you're totally anti-Spotify, so I'm guessing not. Spotify have the option where you can, if you've got like a paypal.me link where you've got like a, the option, I don't know if you've ever used that, if you use that on your, it's a similar sort of thing to your Patreon, I guess, where people can kind of pay People money. can donate, yeah. And, uh, I can't yeah. remember what they call so it. So I America. set one up a little while back and I have it on my, spot, on my SoundCloud page. I've also got it on my Spotify and it basically, if you click through to it, it just kind of goes, look, it's difficult to make a living from music, but I love doing this. If you want to help me keep going with it, few quid here and there would be useful for me kind of thing and i've been surprised at the amount of people that especially when i released jazz step fm at the start of the year the people there were people that kind of came across the album and then would go on to that paypal link and would bung me 10 20 quid there was like a number of them that did it really just like you know yeah yeah i enjoyed this album so much i don't feel right you not getting any money from it so here's some money for it uh, so there is that side of things i i get what scott's saying is that the vast majority won't do that and the vast majority probably don't then go i'm going to go and find this track on beatport as we were suggesting that that we do or that i do anyway um last month when we talked about distribution models you know that is part of it is for music discovery obviously scott's identified that in terms of his fan base the vast majority of people that are going to support him are the ones that probably aren't interested in spotify in the first place and and, and follow him around and and get his 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 tunes from elsewhere so i thought i just I don't, I don't really know what i'm trying to say i'm just rambling on but like it's just it's a it's a it's an interesting dichotomy that you've got those two sides of the coin where you've got the artists that are kind of going oh well i'll i'll use spotify for exposure and then you've got somebody who's at the other end of it who's just like fuck it, i'm sick of it i'm sacking it off i know with the jazz step thing right i've got my jazz step playlist and for me, it's almost like an alternative to doing a radio show at the moment because I, with, with the family thing, with everything I've got going on, with my beat shots thing, I've got my hands in so many pies at the moment. I don't have time to kind of take on a radio show. I would love to. I would love to kind of do like a, a jazz step centric radio show. It's something that's been on my radio that I've kind of had in the back of my mind. I haven't got the time for it at the moment. So instead, what I do is obviously curate my, my Spotify playlist. And actually, when you look at the number of people that, that follow that playlist, it's only a few hundred. It's not a massive amount. That's probably more than would listen to me if I were to do a radio show on most of the smaller uh, sort of internet based radio stations anyway. So there, there's that kind of 
a uh, little, little offshoot to it as well. Do you know what I mean? There's the playlisting. There's all these different avenues that I, I, and I, I, again, I'm not disagreeing with Scott. Totally get where he's coming from. I just think in terms of the broader sense and the conversation piece that's there, there's so many different branches that come off of that digital streaming tree. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, a so large amount of the people. So that, much, there's so much to unpack what you said, Rob. There's, so much, there's, there's a lot. There's a that's lot what of you happens when I, when, I ra- when I ramble for 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, so, so first of all, the most interesting thing I think out of everything you said is how you were so anti-streaming, yet you constantly talk about how Spotify is your main source of discovery. And now you're also saying it's your main source of doing a, a quasi-radio show curating a playlist it's like it it's like you hated something that has now become one of your main sources of discovery and distribution that that is a weird kind of switch around and yeah. that's the exactly the sort of thinking where i'm thinking like right you've got to be more forward thinking about how these platforms kind of hit you you say i hate spotify that's incorrect um i just i don't consume music like everyone else and spotify doesn't have a place in my world because of that like i don't generally listen to single tracks of music or and discover music in that way i have my really weird OCD way of discovering tunes as I do by listening to SoundCloud and, and Juno. So like I'm I am not Johnny every day that consumes music in that way. So that's why it's not for me. Yeah. But I don't hate Spotify. I love the fact that Spotify has created um a, one of the first kind of widely accepted streaming platforms that made everyone else follow. I love the fact that they made a model that meant that their API is so open that anyone can build um integrations into it which encourages distribution it's one of the great things soundcloud did when they first kind of built their um platform they left the api wide open so everyone could build apps that would directly plug into soundcloud and it meant that they become more widely accessible the the thing they did wrong was they kind of wound it back in a year or so ago and really tightened up how much you could access that stuff openly and and uh pissed all the developers off um but that's kind of that's what my point is this has a, a really highly technical conversation. It kind of shows that it's kind of future thinking and, and how things are um, just kind of just in, in different new ways of dis- distributing and the, and the ways people access, times have changed. Um, you know, it, way, way back, people were putting um, inside of vinyl sleeves, um, taping is killing the music industry, right? They're, they're complaining that people were recording songs off of radio shows. If people want to avoid for paying things, they will avoid They'll paying the things, right? Yeah, yeah. You're saying, fuck you, you're not paying for my stuff. Therefore, I'm not going to be on the most accessible platform in the world. That's fucking nuts to me. If someone wants to steal it, they're going to fucking steal it. Um, you know, that's, it's up to Scott can market himself however he wants. And he thinks he's going to get a few more pence from selling through Bandcamp and all of the other platforms by going off of streaming. Absolutely 100% good luck to him. And I hope the business model works out. As far as I'm aware, and this is for as long as music as an industry has ever existed, you make money off of live shows. That has always been the saying. If you want to make money off music, you make money off of live shows. All of the people that are playing gigs every single week, in and out, in and out, are producers. You very rarely get a DJ that's just a DJ anymore. And it's because all of the upcoming kids have got a body of work behind them, and they can go out and play a live show. And it's, not, it's like their version of a concert, right? They do a gig, and then they play like an hour, two hours of their own tunes and everyone kind of loves them. They bring in their exclusive dub plates. The first track on Skepsis' album is him dropping one of his own dub plates and it's like, it's the DJ Skepsis and then you just hear like the crowd go absolutely fucking nuts where he's dropped this mental wonky bass line. And that's, that gives me like, hearing that gig, the, song is, the, the, the tune he's dropped is like, 
in all honesty, probably just a pile of baseline shit, right? But I'm getting tingles <laughs> down my spine thinking about a crowd going nuts for what Very he's reaction. created there, you know? Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's how he's getting out there. Like, the, these platforms give you access to audiences. Okay, let's talk about the money. You're talking about you getting shafted. If you looked at the breakdown of CD sales way back then, um, if I went to a shop, if I went to Woolworths and bought uh, a copy of the Out Here Brothers Boom Boom Boom, uh, I think the breakdown is something around 45% of, the, of those, of that sale, would go to the retailer. And that's kind of like the biggest slice. It may be higher than that, but the retailer would get the most money out of the record sale. And then obviously you, you get sliced apart going through the pie chart after to, you know, label person, distributor, songwriter. And then finally the artist gets their sliver at the bottom. You know, there's always been that kind of shaving of profits with music distribution. And when you look at the way that the streaming model is and it's like, oh, per stream, I'm getting so little. I mean, my first argument could be make better fucking music. If you get streamed more because you're so amazing, you're getting the money for the ears that you get. Right. It's difficult in this day and age because music's so dis uh, disposable. That's why maybe people are banging out so many tunes one after the other. But it's like, it's like, no, I want you to buy my music, pay me for it, and I don't care what you do with it. It's just you need to support me. It's like, I don't think that works. It's like, I think you still need to be thinking about that live gigs should be where your money's coming from. That's, if I was a producer, I'd be making music purely for getting out there to play live gigs. That, that's, and this is me. That's my opinion. It's not right. It's not wrong. It is what I think as a person. And th no, that, you raise, that's my opinion on the whole thing, really. You raised some interesting points. And I think probably like when we had that little back and forth on, on Twitter all those years ago, you obviously don't remember it because you looked at me really bad. <laughs> no, I, no, I really do not. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like something I do. <laughs> it's probably what you were getting at back then. But me with, and, and you're right, because obviously you're much more tech minded than I am. I, I'm, I'm a bit, bit oblivious. To, you were talking about API and all that. That <laughs> shoots right over my head. So I wouldn't have been looking at it going, right, how is this going to benefit me? Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I can understand what you're saying. And everything that you've said just totally makes sense and I can see where you're coming from. I do think there is there is still the argument in terms of streaming and remuneration and, and I get what you're saying about like if you want to make money you go and do live performances. There is a disparity between how much money you you recoup from the recorded material compared to what there used to be and I think you're right in, in the sense of like there was always that slicing of the pie in terms of distributors and all of that kind of it was always that way but what you're talking about now is slicing it but the the original pie being much smaller do you know what i mean because when you're talking about i mean in terms of in terms of remuneration right if you wanted to make essentially a min minimum wage um you would need to get about 12 million streams a year on spotify um now you say go and make better music i know you didn't mean it to come off so flippantly i'm not quite <laughs> sure that it's that straightforward to actually be in a position where you can attain 12 million streams reliably every year and, and that's for minimum wage right so you're talking about hefty fucking numbers because you can put a lot of effort on work and work and get nowhere near that um, and, and i go back to our conversation earlier where i mentioned in passing about um labels and even artists buying plays that shit still happens don't care what spotify says yeah they've clamped down on it yeah they do try and boot people for the service but it's still happening i can clearly look at some people and go they're buying streams do you know what i mean you can see it from a mile off um i don't think it's necessarily as simple as making better music i know you didn't mean it in the literal sense of how it came across but i, I do think that there is definitely a disparity between yesteryear and now that means that you can't really compare oh well you know you know we, we used to be able to make x amount of money from it we should still be able to do that we're kind of so far down the road of of, of people 
a generation of people that grew up with LimeWire, DC++, Kazar, all of those services that never, ever paid for, for music and therefore don't place any monetary value in music and not just music. Uh, and I'm not criticising them. It, it, it is what it is. Not just music, movies, TV, computer games. You know, it's like you, you very correctly said, and I've had this argument, in fact, Impact will attest to this, that me and him have had many conversations in the past because if you go on the highly swung band camp, uh, SoundCloud, right, all of the highly swung pages. He has the little highly swung records ident over it and he'll only upload minute long clips. And he said to me before, like with the Riddler stuff, he was like, mate, you're mugging yourself off. Why are you putting stuff? Why are you putting like full length, like three minute tracks on SoundCloud with no idents? And I used exactly the same argument as you because I was just like, well, yeah, I could put an ident over it. But like if somebody wants to go and rip that track, if they don't get it off SoundCloud, they can, I mean, you can, you could set a, a fucking screen recorder going in, in your system and record what's playing back via Spotify or Diesel or any service, couldn't you? You can easily do it. And then there are, like you you identified, there are plugins that enable people to do it for free. So yeah, you're absolutely right in the sense that if something's going to be, if someone's going to pirate something, they're going to pirate it, aren't they? And there's no way around that. Um, it's just, a, it's a, 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 and again, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with anyone because I, I think I sit kind of firmly on the fence with this kind of thing because as the artist, I see both sides of the coin and I've been torn for a long time. And you make the correct observation that I did a massive U-turn there. And yeah, totally get that. I was very short-sighted at one point and then playing catch-up another point and I do need to just fucking be a bit more forward-thinking. Totally get that. But I think I, I sit squarely on the fence. I can see how you can go one way or the other with it. Um, I think from my perspective in terms of wanting to be discovered, wanting as many people hearing my music as I possibly can. For the time being, at least, I have no intentions to pull my back catalogue down from any of the streaming services because, yeah, as I said before, like so I, I do see such an amount of people. And even like in my IMs on, on, on Insta and, and Twitter and stuff, like people do pop up and they're like, now oh, fucking hell, like I only just came across you, like you popped up on my release radar, like how have I never heard of you before? And that kind of thing. And, I, and that partly goes back to like what we were saying last month about like I was saying like I wasn't visible enough on on a lot of different platforms, not just the streaming outlets on, on Beatport and Juno Download and that kind of thing. So purely from my personal perspective, I've been a bit of a ghost. Um, and, and actually in terms of the discovery, the streaming platforms now do me a favour in that regard. Um, how much of that results in monetary compensation i don't know in terms of figures and percentages is difficult to say isn't it but, well, but okay uh, yeah, but completely... flip it on your head there how much would you pay to to have access to the biggest audience in the world on a music app that can go into featured playlists and you hit ears that have never heard you before like what yeah what, you, you, people would pay for that sort of exposure but it's like but see, no people... you're playing my music therefore you need to pay me it's there's yeah I don't know. See, there's the, see, there's the, there's the the contrasting argument to that where people do pay for that. So I could upload a hundred tracks to Spotify, and I know that the chances of me ever getting featured in any of their editorial playlists are slim to none. Same for Apple and Apple Music, right? And yet, somebody who's making music, which I would argue is much inferior to mine, will come along, sign a track to the correct label that is prepared to go and slip a few quid Spotify or Apple's way, and all of a sudden they appear on a playlist that puts them in front of people. So it's less a case of like, how much would you be prepared? to pay and the fact that there are people that are in a position to pay but it's not necessarily the people that need need that exposure do you know it's, it, the fact that there, there is that model where things are open to kind of abuse like that because i do see it as abuse if you've got a system there that's supposed to showcase music on the whole like it's, it's, i get it right it's no different to radio pluggers it's no different to how radio has always worked it's the next evolution of that right and i said last month when we were talking about distribution models about how basically i saw 
playlists, features as the modern day radio because you've got a generation of kids that don't necessarily have the inclination to listen to radio, that haven't grown up listening to radio, that lock into their release radar or go on the new UK garage playlist each week to see what's new, right? That's the way they discover new music. Um, but there is, yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying because I do, I do totally get it. You Like by shunning away those streaming platforms, you are basically alienating yourself by choice, aren't you? Equally, like there are parts of those platforms which are set up I mean, those platforms are set up primarily for profit, right? And that's why the guy who runs Spotify is worth personally, what, like 50 billion or something ridiculous, despite having never made a piece of music in his life. He's a coder that's obviously just honed in on a, on a little niche there and kind of built, built a platform which works for the masses. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's a difficult one. It's a shame because the artist, no matter what you say, in terms of, yeah, go and play live, you're absolutely right. You do have to concentrate on playing live, but equally you're talking about, you're talking about acts like, Prince, um, back in the day that, yeah, he did concerts, yeah, he played live, but actually he was making enough money from the mechanical sales of his works that he didn't necessarily need to. They were an addendum to what he was doing. He performed because, I mean, he was obviously contracted to perform, he obviously wanted to perform, but that was, he could have got by selling his records. And we're now at a point where you cannot get by selling your records. And part of that is because of how we've, we've gone down this, this streaming avenue to no, such a no, large extent. None of us are Prince, Rob. If, if, Prince started <laughs> today, <laughs> if Prince started today and had the same level of audience, he'd be making bundles from streaming. It's like, you know, nah, way, way I don't back agree. When, you get, when you get signed to a label. I don't agree. They, you don't agree? Okay, that's fine. We I don't can agree. agree to disagree I don't, on that. I, th- I, think, I think, yeah, I mean, I think Prince, Prince is a good example to use because he was exceptionally talented um, and did... It, he, he he was he, Prince had a, a fucking brilliant business mind on him to the point where like when Prince recorded that track Kiss right he took it to the label and he went yeah this is the the lead single from my new album and they went no nah, we don't like that like because if you, if you ever listen to that track like go away and listen to it after the show I don't know if you've ever broken it down I sat there and broken it down with my tutor at college there's no bass line on that track and instead of having a bass line what he did was he put loads of reverb on the kick drum right. Um, and it and it had this. It's like a gated reverb, and it's really boomy. And when you listen to that, that track on a on a big system, it fucking slaps because of the way he's done that. But like at the time, that was so cutting edge and different that the record label went, nah, "Fuck you, that's not a single. That's a load of shite. You need to go away and record that." Prince was in the 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 invaluable and unprecedented position where he turned around and went, "No, fuck you." You either put that out or you put nothing out and the label was over a barrel. And it's the same if you watch like the Ray Charles film, like there, there's some scenes in that where like Ray Charles had the pull with his music and with his fan base that he was able to dictate. Here's what goes out. Here's how much I get paid from it. Like that doesn't matter how talented you are. doesn't matter what music you're making. doesn't matter what fan base you come through with. That is never going to happen in 2021. That, that scenario will never repeat because the record industry is that far removed from what it was. I think even if someone like Calvin Harris, right? Calvin Harris, big name, got massive amounts of pull. I don't think Calvin Harris is in a position where even he could do that. Even Taylor Swift's had a lot of issues, right? Pulling her tracks on this very issue, pulling her tracks from streaming services and saying, no, I want it to work like this. She had to basically go away and re-record loads of things because the mechanicals were owned by people that wouldn't allow her to do that do you know what i mean so i think i I get what you're saying in the sense of there is there is an element of this argument and what we're talking about as kind of lower down the pecking order underground artists where obviously it's not comparable in the grand sense equally i do think the record industry is that foreign an entity compared to what it once was not necessarily even as a result of streaming do you know what i mean i think streaming is just the next evolution of what's happened i think it was always kind of going to go this way at some point right 
So you, you're staring at me blankly. I feel like I've cut you off mid-sentence and you're just no, seething No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it all in, Rob. It's like a, I think I, a warm you, you, aroma from a red wine. Please carry on. You, you very correctly identified the, 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 the different platforms, let's see, like vinyl, uh, CD... I mean, we're overlooking Betamax there, but yeah, sort of cassette tape, <laughs> yeah, all of those different, and how it's kind of evolved over the years and how there's always been piracy all the way through. And I guess the record industry was always going to go a certain way. Um, but I feel like what happened with piracy and the internet, I mean, it's, it's, less, it's less streaming and more the internet, right, that's, that really kind of made the stark change. You know, I've known people over the years through friends of friends from connections I've made within the music industry from my work in the, the industry from when I've studied and, and my tutors and, you know, you know like the, my tutor used to engineer for Beats International and Fatboy Slim, do you know what I mean? So he was like hands-on in the record industry and had a lot of really invaluable, useful information to impart to me and also had some really interesting stories and like talked about the way that you could kind of go at one point from make you know being in the tea room and 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 you could work your way up i mean you look at someone like simon cowell is a prime example of it started off really low down the pecking order and now he's valued at what like 800 million or something colossal like that and there surely isn't the scope to duplicate that success in the modern day with the industry as it is yeah there's there's scope for people to go away and make a lucrative career from music still absolutely and there are people that are doing it and like you look at someone like Adele she's clearly making fucking loads of money still but it's not isn't it's not you can't make a parallel between what it used to be and what it is now it's like we're in a completely different time you know when you're talking about real big albums that sold millions and millions of units i mean you're looking back to the turn of the century and you're looking at people like lincoln park who like shifted like 40 million copies of, of that that debut album that they came through with and no one's been able to come close to that since that was the kind of the, the last time even, even these the big acts now even people like Adele and like Sam Smith that are fucking massive, they aren't doing the numbers that people were doing back then. And part of that is because of this, this streaming platform culture that we're in now because you've got, you've got a lot of people who... And, and, and it's not a criticism of those people. I can understand it from the consumer's perspective. Why would you go and buy a CD for seven or eight quid from HMV when you can pay a tenner a month to Spotify and listen to every track that's ever made? Get it from the consumer's perspective. I think Scott's argument, Scott's issue with it is, and, and, and I get it, I totally agree, is that that platform, a platform like Spotify, platforms like Deezer, Napster, they can all still exist. They can just more fairly remunerate the people that are providing the content for them. So Scott's objection isn't necessarily, I don't, I don't think he's going, I don't need it. It's not, there is an element, because what you're saying is he's cutting off his nose to spite his face. Yeah, I see that argument. I do see that argument. Equally, I think what Scott's doing is weighing that up against his principles and going, well, I value myself more as a person, but I have to stand for something. And I believe that I should be paid more fairly for my work. And if he does, Scott's the kind of, like, I don't know Scott well. I know Scott. I've known Scott for a long time. I know Scott well enough that I, I believe that if he feels like he's being having the piss taken out of him, which we all are, and which a lot of people are sitting here, I'm sitting here, hands up, I'm letting Spotify do it to me. Do you know what I mean? He's not prepared to let them take the piss out of him. It's that old argument, isn't it? You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And Scott's kind of looking out, thinking outside the box, going, I need to find a different way of doing this. I do get that. I do get that because if you had 12 million album sales, You'd be sitting pretty. You'd be you'd be in one of the big houses around by me, listening to Montel Jordan at a party down the road. Do you know what I mean? Because if you have twelve million twelve million streams, that's doing absolutely fuck all for you, and you're still stacking shelves at Tesco in the evening. All right, look, it's look, not. It's it's a new world, Rob. Like, so I, I I I think that Scott is a victim of being 
from the old generation that's come through into the new generation, the people that are born of this generation that have started doing things at this time, they see it in a different kind of landscape and they know how to kind of attack it differently. And you kind of fit into that same kind of uh, generation surfing, as it were. And you're talking about Lincoln Park was would have been on the cusp of when that all started to change. And, it, you know, just times change, attitudes change, um, technology changes. Uh, and, you know, now anyone can make a tune in their bedroom, you know? Like a Mac would ship with garage band and you could probably get away with making something very basic and still be able to put it out in this day and age, right? Like, like Lord, Lord did it with her first album, right? Garage well, Band. So that, but see, go. this is the thing. It's like if everyone can now make music, and there's so much talent out there, and it's and then we've got all of these platforms to be able to um, self promote. It it, it make, turns the landscape of the people that are involved in music that have really like made it their everything to get into it. The, the landscape goes like this, and then suddenly you've got like a you're fighting for um, for airtime. Um, your 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 listener base has got so many different artists that could, could possibly listen to, and you can sit there and be like, "They're not paying. No one's paying for my music anymore. You need to come over and pay for mine now." Well, no, these people are just going to go. Well, I'm just going to listen to everyone else on this platform. You're cool, but like, I, like I don't. I think all of the all of the the people that you brought up as examples, you know, the the core thing that they all had was they managed to get a fan base that's huge enough for them to be able to put those sorts of demands in. And I, I completely get that. If your fan base is gigantic, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And that's completely it. Like, pr- talking to Prince, like, I remember he distributed one of his albums in the Daily Mail, didn't he? Yeah, and that was I like, that. And it I was like, that. he he worked it out. He, he worked out that he'd get more money distributing it through the Daily Mail than selling it <laughs> in the shops. That That's keen business sense. You know, does anyone remember one track off of that album? No. That's you know, true. Business sense, great for him. He worked out a business model there, but it's like if you if all you want to do is make money, then then you should be going away and making doing those vinyl releases like everyone else is, as far as I'm concerned. And then you focus on that, and you'll be the guy whose tunes are on exclusive vinyls that are being played in fifty bedrooms a couple of times and then looked at when they sit on on a shelf somewhere. I don't think there's any longevity in that. You know, I'm not, I don't make music. If I did make music, I would be making as much as possible and I would be making exclusives and I would be going to get as many gigs as I can. That is me as a person. That is not everyone. Um, Sorry, would you mean you'd be making exclusives? So like I'd be going into a a gig where I've got my body of work plus the things people haven't heard yet, a.k.a. Skepsis on his track one. Um, yeah, it's the DJ so you've got to come it. and see DJ Brains play in order to hear this yeah, new because he's got something that, special. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Like, but that you know that would be my approach to doing it. If I had the talent, that's what I would be doing, and I'd be getting it on every single platform. I'd probably give so much music away for free because I know that would get me out there. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a new world, and and I think people are still learning as to to the to the ways um, to get there. But it's like m- music. Music is more of a meritocracy now than it used to be. Back in the day, it would be whoever's got the most marketing pounds would be able to throw as many adverts and um, agreements to play songs on the background of EastEnders and all the other places that you get music kind of played and you pay for plays. You know, that, that you could make an artist. And it still happens now. If you listen to commercial radio, there'll be adverts for songs for kind of AAA artists that are owned by Warner or, or whoever. And they're still, they, you know, they can pay for airtime to sell more copies of a track and that's still profitable for them and that's their model. Um, 
but that you know we haven't all got that sort of money to do that it, and, yeah, and yeah. so it's like yeah you can hold up examples of adele and and uh, lincoln park and prince in in a sea of a billion music makers how how are those three the same as everyone else you're not going not not all of us are the uh, uh, and have that talent you know it's a, they're kind of once in a lifetime things a lot of the time so you got to work out how do you surf the middle and that's that's not me to take away any t- whoever's got talent and I'm not trying to say you're all shit and you don't deserve it um <laughs> there's obviously levels of talent it, it's it's a new landscape and I think just to say no fuck streaming it's it's not for me because you're not paying me I think there's more to it than just just getting paid for it and that's kind of that's where that's my stance on it that's that's where that's where I that's sit fair enough mate I think and, um, you, yeah. you, you touched on an interesting thing there where you were saying about like the talent and, and how that doesn't always correlate. And we, we've kind of, um, we've kind of touched on this in the past where we, even in even a sort of small micro niche like Garage, where we've kind of identified that actually it's not necessarily always the people that are making the best music that are making the moves. It's the people who know how to manipulate the system, do the social media thing, right? And are marketing things properly. And I think... I think because of how the record industry has gone, right, I think obviously marketing in any business is always and has always been important. But I think we're at a point now where sadly, from my perspective, my, my view on all of this kind of thing is that I, I find it a little bit frustrating. that I think actually having the musical ability counts for less than having business savvy and, and um, having a clear concept. I mean, if you look at who, who's one of the most successful artists at the moment, Lil Nas X, right, his music is all right. I'm not a massive fan. I liked that debut single. He's not really done anything that's particularly grabbed me by then, but that guy is shifting units and making money, right? How's he doing that? He's doing that because he was savvy enough to jump on the TikTok thing, create a little dance, dress up, and do all of that stuff. The client went with it, and he built a lot of steam and built a big fan base that way. It's just a fascinating it started time on YouTube, to be alive though, and didn't see it? that. Old, old no, time started on YouTube. No, no, it was TikTok, mate. It was, was TikTok. It, TikTok? It, was like a tic- it was like a TikTok challenge, wasn't it? Because he, he, he would do videos of himself in like a right. cowboy outfit or whatever, and then other people started copying it, and it's that kind of snowball, snowball effect. Um, right. Yeah, it's, it's, a real, it's an interesting time to be sort of looking at music, though, and just, I don't know, I think you, you rightly said that anybody can kind of come and make a high-level track on their bog-standard computer using GarageBand or whatever bundled software comes with it, you're absolutely 100% correct. And in one sense, it's great because there are artists out there and like, I just, like a prime example, I don't want to kind of undermine anything that Higo does because like, obviously he's exceptionally talented and he's obviously technically very good at what he's done. But like, Higo first rose to prominence off the back of like that Disclosure Remix competition, right? That was the first time I remember hearing the name Higo was he, he won that disclosure remix competition and he kind of went from from sort of obscurity to like right up here immediately and I love that we live in a time where that can happen and I'm glad that that happened to Higo because he's, he's not put a foot wrong since and he's just done tune after tune after tune and that's why I'm such a fan um equally it frustrates me when I look around and I'm not saying this from a biased point of view because obviously I do view myself somewhat like this but I, I look around and there's a sea of fucking brilliant and talented musicians who don't necessarily have the the, the forward thinking that you're sort of referring to. They, they aren't able to kind of break through. I think that's the, that's the sad part of it for me is that there are people making some of the greatest music that you're ever going to hear, but you're never going to hear it because they don't have the the ability to break through even to that middle ground that you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like it's really interesting if you and like whilst we're talking about streaming, if you go onto Spotify's editorial playlists and look at those, to look at the curation and look at the the tracks that are featured on there, because it's a real mixed bag. And largely 
it's I've noticed I don't want to sound like I'm criticizing them but the same artists kind of tend to crop up and I don't feel like those playlists get updated regularly enough but every now and then you will see someone come through who is obscure who who that you've never heard of in the system has worked for them and it's always heartwarming to see in fact I have one had a track shortlisted a little while ago we we didn't end up talking about it just because it didn't quite make the cut for me but it was it was nice still because I hadn't heard of them before to see them kind of getting that little that that shimmy up do you know what I mean someone give them like a little push um it's just frustrating that I know for every one person like that, there's 99 people that aren't getting that little push that get continually overlooked. And because there's such that such a raft of music out there, it's almost impossible for them to get heard. Do you know what I mean? It's I mean, you look at a couple of the tracks that we've we've talked about today, like Claybrook at Cart. I easily nearly missed that. I nearly missed that track. And that wouldn't that have been a real shame because I love that track. Now I've had that on loop for the past couple of weeks. Cobra's album, right? You know, it's not on Beatport, it's not on Juno. There'll be loads of people that would enjoy that that won't ever hear it. And and in contrast, there'll be people that do hear it because they're on Spotify. So I I don't know. I'm kind of I'm arguing two and four here, and I'm kind of going back and forth on myself. It's a tricky one. I'm not disagreeing with anything you've said. I'm not disagreeing with anything that Scott said. Just yeah, it's an interesting conversation to have. Like. I, I, I think that it's it's a problem that's existed for as long as music's existed because there's different skills. To promotion and networking than there is to being an artist and creating music and i think artists want to focus on that stuff and i think that's why the the people that are lucky enough to to have a mash of those skills um are the ones that are kind of managed may be uh, able to push themselves nowadays um, yeah would you, you know, be willing well, to admit with with what you've just said there about like it's always been a problem would you be willing to accept that it is um that, that, that has always been a problem. I'm not arguing with that. Would you be willing to accept that it is accentuated now because of the business model, how the industry now works? Because uh, of streaming platforms, it potentially is even more of an issue. No, no, no I, I, I disagree with that. I mean, way back, my, my point was going to be that you'd get a manager for your band, right? And the manager would do all of those bits and bobs and the networking and the, the marketing that they needed to do. I think nowadays, because these platforms are more accessible to anyone, anyone can sign up and... SoundCloud does distribution now. Like, you know, anyone can sign up to SoundCloud and distribute their music. I think the access is there. It makes it easier for anyone to get out there. I think it's the competition's the problem and the breaking through the noise. So it's, yeah. it's uh, the difficulty doesn't come in the accessibility. The difficulty um, comes in the new challenges of how to become heard. Um, yeah. Uh, we're running like, we're five minutes off of two hours, mate. So I think we're going to have to um, wrap <laughs> up this discussion here. I think it's a great talker. I'd love to hear feedback from anyone. Um, I'd love people to call me some sort of arsehole for telling artists to make better music. Um, I'd love to hear <laughs> arguments for and against. Um, please email, if you can, feedback at com with your thoughts on this one. Um, good, good chat there. Should we, should we slip into the feedback section? I was going to say that was a perfect segue into the feedback section because people have been emailing in, haven't they? I actually yes. had a message from someone. I'm just going to add it to our show notes whilst you were talking about Renoir. Is, oh, you had one as well, yeah, okay. Is this Renoir or Renoir? Because like, I, follow, I follow him on his socials and I love his music. I don't actually know whether he's Renoir or Renoir. Can we have some clarification on that, please, sir? I imagine Renoir. Is, I've never heard of the name Renoir. So we're going to say Renoir. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, what, what did Renoir actually say? So he uh, dropped a comment on YouTube, um, just bigging us up, uh, said it was a, an excellent show, and uh, Phonetics' description of Havana summed it up perfectly. So 
you was on the point there, yeah. Just uh, <laughs> pat yourself on the back. Um, thank you for, for commenting that. Thank you for everyone that's subbing on YouTube. Um, and yeah, just drop a little little ting under this video if you're watching it there now, just to say hello, and uh, we, may, we may feature you. And big um, up the producers as well that do it, because I've noticed we've had a number of producers that we've discussed who, who then commented with some, in, like we had Shinji Fuji, Angus Green did it, Baker's done it. We've had a few people that have kind of come back to us with little insights on the YouTube oh, channel. Oh, I, I love that cool. Angus Green as well said I was bang on the money with the one, two, three MRK. <laughs> I was so, because you weren't convinced, mate. I could see in your face, you're like, what's this guy on about? <laughs> uh, do you know what? No, I'm, I spoke to Angus about this and I said, the reason I was sitting here a bit tentative was because I was concerned that if it wasn't, if he wasn't trying to pay homage and you were there going, sounds exactly like one, two, three MRK, I was worried we were going to offend him so i was yeah. i didn't want to be like yeah yeah, yeah. I don't, you know me mate you know me i don't like to piss people off you don't I'm want to piss it, anyone I'm good at off it by default so i try and avoid it if i can hey well <laughs> just always blame me don't blame rob um do you want do you, what should, do you want to go on to the comment that you got and then we'll talk about the email we got uh the comment i got was from scott sharp who's actually put some stuff out on the past oh, in Riddler. scott sharp uh, yeah he's wicked yeah he's i hadn't wicked. i haven't heard from him for a while and he sent me some new tunes through and was just like i'm gonna have some more stuff ready for you soon and um and i love the podcast you guys are smashing it i got a similar message from um, from dean at point blank and dom scott as well um uh, actually it's interesting like the amount of people from sort of labels that we featured or we talked about who actually i didn't even realize Obviously, listen to us on the regs. Paratex me saying he always listens and he loves the show and he was appreciative for our comments last month as well. So big up, Para. I know you've got a thing on the show notes there about impact because he sent you over the MI Wax. Uh, oh, whoa, I called him out. I said, um, <laughs> if you want to email it to me, and he did. Um, thanks, impact. I really, really <laughs> appreciate man. that. And I, I spun a bunch <laughs> of those on, on radio. So thank you so much. Um, and of course, we had a, an email from from the big man Duncan Powell as well. Ah, so Duncan, I just, Duncan. Uh, thanks so much for reaching out, Duncan. He, um, when I used to run Slick and Fresh, uh, the the blog back in the day, he told me he used to check it like a couple of times a day. He was so into it, like he was just top top garage head. Um, I don't think I want to read out the entire email, um, but I, I, I guess we can paraphrase some of it. Shall, shall, shall I do it, or do you want to do it? You can do it. I haven't got it up on the screen in front of me, but you obviously have. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've got my, this is what I was, I didn't get to brag about. This is my fancy new laptop that I've just had imported from Hong Kong yeah. that turns my fancy phone into a laptop. Um, spent way too much money this month. I've also got a new <laughs> Mac coming, just uh, on a side note, M1 Max, MacBook Pro. You're going to have to just make sure you, you keep all of this stuff away from the dog, mate. Oh, just leave it man. in the studio. Just leave it in the studio at all if times. If I keep I think. buying all this stuff, I ain't gonna have money for the electricity to keep it running at this rate. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Mister Mister Big Man Duncan Powell, he's uh, he said uh, he wanted to say how much he's been enjoying listening to the podcast, um, and he likes us gassing for hours. He he likes it when it's on a good long journey. So I guess we're going back to the office. That's a good thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he uh, enjoys the fix of new tracks at the start, and then the trip down memory lane, especially hearing the old names, hearing Jabs get props this month was great. Um, and when we mentioned the unsung heroes from today's UKG world, uh, we try our best, Duncan. Thank you very much. And he enjoyed your Montel Jordan story. Um, <laughs> happy days. Um, yeah, so the, he's got a couple of suggestions. Um, he, he'd love to hear us interview some guests. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we would love to get some, some guests on the podcast. And, uh, and he'd like to get an, uh, an in, possibly a roundup of what's going on in the new garage road, like a, a, in the new garage world, like a gig guide or so on, um, that would probably involve us doing some research and stuff, Rob. So um, 
We'll see how it goes. Um, we kind of did it in passing this month. We discussed some social media in the track source thing. There's definitely other goings on that we could be talking about. It's good to have. I mean, it's a good idea. Just to have. I mean, podcasts I listen to, they kind of have headlines at the start, kind of quick hits of things that's going on. We, it's uh, it's it's good feedback, and uh, and we'll definitely consider that. And he chucked a. I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't listen to this track, Rob. He chucked a recommendation, and I feel guilty that I didn't. I was on holiday at the time when he sent it. Admittedly, I was. On the sun lounger next to the you, pool. You will have heard. You will have heard the track. So it was. Um, was it "Show Me" by Duvel? That's the one. Yeah, Duvel nineteen. Um, yeah, you will have heard it because it was on the Kiwi Boost uh, EP that conductor put out uh, uh, late August, I think it was. And I, I, I actually I replied to Duncan um, just kind of for a little bit of a catch up and saying thanks, and actually said, yeah, I had that one on my shortlist at the time, but it was pipped to the post by the Sharda track because in general, in general terms, you don't want to have multiple tracks in the same release do you know what i mean and i looked at that that kiwi release and i was like right which one's my pick of the bunch and the shada one crystallized just pipped the duvel 19 track but yeah it's, well, even it's, it's even good... more so than the upper dan one on there as well yeah that's a shame yeah okay no, I mean, well, it, it, it was a strong it was a strong ep but that was my it pick was of the a bunch. strong EP, you know, but the shada, shada was the pick for me as well off of there yeah um but yeah, yeah. so dunks dunks pick is duvel 19 show me so definitely um check that out if you haven't listened to it um, but big up the big man for getting in touch. Um, really appreciate the email. Really appreciate it. Indeed, indeed. Good to have you here, mate. So on uh, on two hours and one minutes, Rob, should we wrap it up there? Probably ought to. Yeah, I got to go out trick or treating, mate. Do you think I'm gonna <laughs> stuck like this for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a lot of big houses know. around here, mate. I figured if they've got Montel Jordan at their parties, they can have some good sweets, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's holding it out, hoping they drop like a score in your basket or something. Okay, mate. Nice. I will get. I, if I even tried it, I'd get escorted off by a security. They're, 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 <laughs> there's patrolling security. They would have me in the back of the van immediately. There's a drunk homeless man in a Batman outfit. Like, <laughs> quick. I appreciate you putting the effort in. Thank you for putting me to shame. Um, Mate, I'm but... expecting at Christmas for you to, to take the ball and run with it. You need to, like, you've slacked on Halloween. It's over to you at Christmas. I want to see you in a, I don't know, dressed up like a naughty elf or the Grinch or something. Uh, I mean, Grinch would be apt, definitely. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'll, I'll put on a Santa hat at the very least. That I can promise. Um, I just don't like dating the shows. This is now a Halloween show dated forever <laughs> at that point in time. Um, but then I guess the music dates it as well. So whatever. Um, big up, big up your chest, Rob. Thank you. It's always fun catching up with you, mate. Um, Indeed, mate. Likewise. I, I, lo- I love the heated debate. Um, it's <laughs> absolutely great. And, uh, and never any love lost, of course. Um, yeah, I guess we'll leave it there. Um, if you want to get the playback, you, you're listening to it now, obviously, but don't forget you can subscribe over at intheukgarage.com. Um, we're on the SoundClouds. We're on the iTunes, all the fantastic places. And, um, and I guess we'll see you back next month. Um, thanks very much, Rob. And I guess I'll Thanks very much, time. Greg. I shall, I shall go and get the uh, Spotify playlist updated now in the, in the com forward slash recommends. Please like it and drop us a follow on there. Large up. Until next time. You get me? In the garage with fanatics and brains.